goodbye, my Coney Island. Baby, farewell, my own true love. True love, my honey, I'm gonna go away and leave you. Never to see you any. Never gonna see you any. I'm gonna sail upon that ferry boat. Never to return again. Return again. So goodbye. Farewell. So long forever. Bum, bum, goodbye, my Coney Island. Goodbye, my Coney Island. Goodbye, my Coney Island. We all fall for some girl that dresses neat. Some girl that's got big feet. We meet her on the street. Then we'll join the army of married boobs to the altar. Don't forget to wash the dishes when it's it's over. Oh boy, we get it good. Bachelor days, we then recall. Rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief, doctor, lawyer, merchant, chief. Goodbye, my Coney Island baby. Farewell, my own true love. True love, my honey. I'm gonna go away and leave you. Never to see you any, never gonna see you any. I'm gonna sail upon that ferry boat, never to return again. Return again. So goodbye, farewell, so long forever. Hey, boom. Goodbye, my Coney Island. Goodbye, my Coney Island. Goodbye, my Coney Island. Welcome to episode 16 of the Magical Disneyland Paris podcast, all things magical and Disneyland Paris. I'm Andrew Williamson and I am joined by Simon West. Hello again. Each Magical Disneyland Paris podcast episode will have a different focus, be it an attraction, restaurant or special element of the Disneyland Paris world. This episode we are focusing on a whole land, it's Main Street USA. We will also hand over to you the listener and discuss your views and opinions. It's 2017, Simon. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while. But Although, nonetheless, there's been, there's been the Eddie Soto interview in the meanwhile. So it was definitely worth the wait. Oh, it was. It was definitely worth the wait. If and you haven't met... listened to that, by the way, you need to go right now and go and listen to it. Because we're going to oh, we're gonna dissect that. We are. Pause this episode and go straight to our feed and listen to the Eddie Soto one. You need to do that. We've also, um, yeah, I, I put a trip report up as well. Kind of softening the blow that we haven't had anything from us together since November in 2016. A lot has changed. It's now the 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we've got a few attractions that have been repurposed and are either reopened right now or very close to reopening. And it's a very exciting time to be a Disneyland Paris fan. It is. Yes, it is. And, uh, yeah, the trip report nicely sums up everything that's looking spick and span there. Mind you, as we are recording this right now, Hyperspace Mountain is only just opening, so... We don't know what's going on there just yet. I think I've seen one video clip, but I don't Was want to spoil it. Was it the one of the uh, of the cresting over, yes. over the first hill? Yes. With the, uh, with the hyperspace jump thing. Yeah, AD ninety two managed to uh, get a nice little clip there, just to tease us. Oh, so so fabulous! Probably it? in a few years Ooh. we'll get to re- uh, talk about that one. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll get around to that in maybe a decade or so. <laughs> so yeah. I remember um, you mentioned the, the trip report episode that I had done just recently. Uh, quite a lot of people, it's kind of bad on your part, Simon, quite a lot of people asked if we could replace you with my son, <laughs> Noah. Did you see any well, of these tweets? You know. <laughs> I, I mean, I saw a few of them. I saw a few of them. I mean, replace me with Eddie Soto as well, you know. Oh, I've yeah. got tough competition. If anyone wants to come back every week, that's fine. 
Today's episode, Main Street USA. Uh, I was mentioning this to Simon before we pressed record on the podcast. There's quite a lot that we could talk about. Now, we don't want this episode to end up being four or five hours. Some of you guys probably would, because obviously if you're commuting and it takes you an hour to work, you've obviously got a couple of journeys and then that's your fill of our Magical DLP podcast. But we don't want to be sat here for four hours. But what we've got is um, I've kind of put together all of the attractions, all of the shops, all of the restaurants or places to eat and uh, the entertainment that is happening on Main Street. So we'll kind of go through just briefly our thoughts and opinions. We're not going to do everything uh, because a lot of you guys are hardcore fans and you will know the ins and outs of everything on Main Street USA. So we'll kind of just go through what it's like, what is there. Um, we'll kind of spill over to what we had from the Eddie Soto interview as well. But the, what we like, in, what we like, what we enjoy the most about Disneyland Paris is talking about what could potentially happen in the future. Uh, so we'll have a look at what could end up happening on Main Street USA. Either new restaurants, uh, new shops, new attractions, and obviously we'll probably mention that word projection mapping. Then word projection mapping as well. We'll probably mention this later on, but I managed to get Eddie Soto to talk about projection mapping as well. That was on the top of my to-do list of the interview questions, and we got it. Oh, it was fabulous, wasn't it? No, well, I mean, he he made some really good points about it. I mean, obviously, he's not he's not working as Imagineer anymore, so he doesn't know what on earth might be coming in the future of Disneyland Paris. But he made a very good point that projection mapping is you know you're not just you're not just shoving an image onto a building. You're meant to be manipulating that building, doing something exciting with it. So uh, it, it's it's good to see, good to hear from. You know the the designers sort of behind these technologies, the people who've worked with it. That you know they they they've really got the eye for working with it as an art. Yeah. Now we always start off by talking about the brief history of um, such a, an attraction or a restaurant or a shop or a park. The history basically is that it opened on the <laughs> opening day of Disneyland Paris on April the twelfth, nineteen ninety-two. It's again we don't want to go for everything that Eddie Soto said, but. It's really interesting to find out from talking to him, and I kind of knew this anyway from previous uh, research that I've done online or in books, but just the the idea that they weren't going to have the same 19th century look, they were going to push that clock forward a bit uh, and go to the 1920s, the Jazz Age. Just imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, I mean, it certainly would have been a really, really different kind of aesthetic to go with, and it would have been a very... I mean, I, I, one thing I would worry about that was, where it would, you know... Main Street feels really homely. That's what it's designed to be. I mean, obviously, no one in—I mean, no one in this age, let alone in Europe, would ever sort of wake up and uh, go down a Main Street like that. But nonetheless, it, it, it does. It feels homely and it feels welcoming. But I—I I, I don't know whether the sort of 1920s jazz age, you know, when they started using more metal, and he talks about having a, a sort of elevated train, you know, like the kind of thing you'd see in Chicago, that kind of thing. You know, I—I I don't know whether that would feel quite as sort of homely and welcoming but nonetheless um there are some fantastic uh concept arts that you can find if you search for them on the internet so do check those out because it does look really cool oh it's amazing it's what i do like and what i do find quite funny is the fact that um they've done like a year of planning all through this 1920s idea with the elevated train like you said and the art deco the art deco style and one thing I did like as well that he mentioned that it would be like a speakeasy. Um, he said something about it looking like a funeral parlour uh, at the front, but when you go through the back, there's like a music show and stuff like that. <laughs> but <laughs> I find it so funny um, that he went on holiday and then he came back and they kind of went, yeah, um, we're not doing that idea anymore. We're spending too much money. Um, basically putting them one year behind everywhere else that was being built at the time. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough day at work, isn't it? When uh, just a, a year of everything you've been doing gets 
gets pulled out from underneath you. Thanks, Bob Eisner. <laughs> See, I also asked, I basically said as well, well, what do you do in that situation? And he wanted to take on the ideas. Uh, so obviously we've got the big billboards there. We've got the, uh, they're kind of interactive. They're not interactive as such as the users and the, the guests can interact with them, but they're kind of, they've got the added element of the smoke or the steam coming from the coffee cup um, and that kind of thing. And it just kind of adds an extra element to the Main Street area, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, I think they look they look fabulous. It's a shame because you know you take a picture of them and you think, oh, that looks nice, and then you sort of look at the picture and you're like, oh, but they're not animated. Something as well which I'm really glad didn't happen, uh, especially looking at some of the images online of the World Bazaar of Tokyo or Disneyland, uh, the glass roof. Uh, it just kind of I don't know. Obviously, what the idea would have been to put the glass roof over Main Street to protect from the weather, the elements, the rain, the snow, the wind, that kind of thing. But surely living in, if you live in France or you live in the UK or anywhere in that kind of European, that Northern European area, it's that kind of weather all the time anyway. So surely you're used to having that happen. Because um, obviously if we go to Alton Towers or Fort Park or anything like that, it's, we're going to be know that even if it's sunny when you set off, it's gonna, it possibly will rain or sleet and you've got to stand there <laughs> in the rain or walk in the rain. So I don't know, were they thinking of trying to um, keep every guest happy? Because I don't know, obviously it's nicer if you don't get wet, but surely we're used to that in Europe. I guess so, yeah. But I mean, uh, we do tend to, if it starts to rain there, we run for the nearest cover. And uh, if those two lovely arcades that we have didn't exist, I imagine the shops would be getting pretty crowded then. True. Um, the original plan, apparently before the uh, arcades were open, or were, were thought of and put into the actual plans, which just basically have some like walkways through the shops. So I can imagine the shops probably would have been a little bit bigger, I suppose. So there's the walkways in the middle on each side through the shops, uh, which is probably where the idea came from. Uh, Eddie said it was Tony Baxter that kind of came up with the idea to go with that. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, probably, I don't know, Tony Baxter's been talking about Disneyland Paris a lot recently before the, because of the 25th anniversary celebrations. I'm sure he would probably put the uh, arcades up there with one of his best ideas or one of the best ideas from Disneyland Paris because it's kind of been the, the hope they're, they're trying to replicate it elsewhere, aren't they? And uh, a lot of uh, the other Disney parks, especially in America, are, are wishing they had such a, a lovely full affair, especially at the end of the um, celebrate, like the nighttime spectacular when there's a bottleneck of people walking down Main Street. Um, so I'm sure if they could, they would also add these lovely arcades there as well. Yeah, they are lovely. I can't remember whether it was in uh, your interview with Eddie or whether it was uh, in a in a different interview that I heard this, but it, it caused them a bit of a bit of a bother to put these two arcades in because, I mean, obviously unbeknown to us, we don't think about it, but the, you know these shops and restaurants need to be stocked from somewhere. So normally that would just be backstage, um, but now you've you've shoved a public thoroughfare through it, so they have to have um, sort of dumb waiters and elevators uh, that pass all the sort of goods and food whatever probably not food actually but you know waste or whatever that go up and above both of these arcades so the uh, everything can stay stocked and you don't need to break break the illusion yeah i think that was ed92's um written interview with him i think their article i think that was mentioned on there but yeah it's just again that's one of the one of the geeky things that i really love about this i know a lot of people don't want the magic spoiled by talking about all of the backstage stuff that happens and uh, the, ca- the cast and the characters and, the, and the, the cast members, stuff like that. But that's the kind of thing that gets me going, oh, so, it's so to speak. Like, just think, I, I actually was, I was waiting for um, the, the family at the toilets and I was just doing one of the, I think it was Discovery Arcade, and I did look up and I was like, oh, 
Obviously, I don't know exactly where it is, but I, I can say that obviously some of the goods are going over my head, or there's something that's aware of, of them carrying all of this merchandise over and around or behind that nobody's going to see. Um, nothing to do with Main Street, but in, on my trip in February, actually, for the first time, uh, an attraction went 101 on me, um, and I was stuck on Indiana Jones at the top of the lift hill. Not, not on the, just before, sorry, the, um, just before the, the loop, and we managed to get a little bit of a view of the backstage area near Indiana Jones, and that was quite a boring mm. view, to be honest. There's not much there, but just that little <laughs> bit. I was like, wow, this is amazing, because uh, like, the theming wasn't very good at all, and it was kind of behind the scenes, and you could see the cars on the road. And obviously, that spoils the magic, um, but I don't mind about I don't mind that. I just like to see how things work. Got to have a little spy on the secrets. Yeah, so uh, to be honest, I would love to have a little look uh, at that system, uh, on, in the arcades to get things up and over and uh, I would love to have a little sneaky look backstage we probably won't mention this uh, oh, Eddie Stoddart into, uh, Stoddart who's Eddie Stoddart Stop, I was thinking he, of Eddie he drives lorries doesn't he Eddie Stoddart I was thinking of yeah, he's actually based in Workington where I live that's where the uh, headquarters used to be anyway that's a different story <laughs> yeah, we won't mention the Eddie Soto interview too much because um, obviously you can listen to that already uh, but the last thing I'm going to mention myself that I can remember was the um, the building of Main Street. I asked him about the construction. As we, we know in France, and especially Disneyland Paris, um, one that sticks into my mind is the Lego store in Disney Village that was going to open on a certain date, and the roof fell in, and then there was all sorts of other delays because of construction in French law. Because I basically asked him about what's the, is there a difference, especially as he was working on the ground in France. Um, something that fascinated me, I never really thought of what there's obviously... There's the the brick building or the concrete buildings, and then they've kind of got a gap of air, and then the facade of Main Street is kind of hanging off the building, but not really attached. That kind of got me thinking as well, like what would it be like if some of these facades were taken off? Taken off, It'd be quite weird, wouldn't it? it? Would it would totally lose the effect just just from a bit of wood on the front? It's a it's a nice and a magical piece of wood as well. <laughs> Everything's got to be magical in Disneyland Paris. Of course. The quality of the materials apparently weren't as good as well, so they've had to like lay the pavements down and then relay them again. It's just a shame. Obviously, the, the, that little bit of money probably won't have been a big part of the budget or a big percentage of the budget, but a little bit of the money was wasted because of the cheaper materials that were used to begin with. Yeah, I, I can only imagine it must be really difficult to try and find materials that are going to that are gonna last 365 days a year of people sort of stampeding around and it's always got to look its best you know i mean i i'm just i'm sat here in my university room and this was refurbished a few years ago but i mean i know i've trashed it <laughs> whoops well you've just you've just announced that to the world so you're they're, I, gonna, they're gonna be coming so back i, do, to I find don't think you. the college listens to these hopefully i'm gonna Whoopsies. i might email them and just say do you realize you have a superstar living in your college dormitory <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um I don't know if there's anything else we need to mention, really. Everyone knows Main Street. We haven't really mentioned that it's kind of based on the other Main Streets, originally Disneyland and then Disney World, and obviously we've got the Tokyo Bazaar, which we kind of went away from that idea and went back to the more traditional Disneyland California style of uh, Main Street. One thing I was thinking when I was writing the notes for this and, and writing some ideas down, a lot of people don't really well, don't really think of Main Street as a land. I can see probably there's not really an attraction as in a thrilling attraction. Obviously, there's the uh, the railroad, the go, the station that's there. Um, and as Eddie said, he wanted to put in a few attractions 
um, from the start, but obviously money and budgets uh, kind of killed that idea. But I don't know. Do you obviously it is a land? Do you, have you always classed it as a land? Um, well, no. To be perfectly honest, the the thing for me, I mean, Main Street's like it's like when you pick up a phone, and when they've designed the ergonomics of it perfectly, you don't think, ah. Oh, this phone feels perfect in my hand. You just sort of get on with it because it's perfect and it's just right. Well, for me, Main Street is, is is the thing that, you know, sets you up for your day. You wander down it, you see the castle at the end, and it does a perfect job of setting the scene for everything else that's about to happen. And it's, it's, it's just that perfect job that actually you kind of don't notice that it's doing it. You know, you don't sort of... You, you do walk under the hotel and you see the main street station that's beautiful but then you go underneath that and then what draws your eye is not the street itself it's the castle at the end of it so actually it's it hasn't necessarily got the sort of weenie in itself that you know kind of makes it its own thing it's not like where you go through fort comstock and then suddenly there's there's thunder mesa or you know when you round plaza gardens and then suddenly there's there's space mountain you don't get a moment like that with main street necessarily so yeah i i i to be honest, no, I wouldn't cast as a land. But then again, that's also because I'm obsessed with roller coasters and attractions, and it doesn't <laughs> doesn't really have any. So maybe my categorizations aren't the same as anyone else's. Yeah, I think I've got to agree with that. Obviously, seeing doing this podcast, and it, it is officially categorized as a land by Eddie, who obviously created. And I can call him just Eddie because obviously we're best friends now. Um, <laughs> BFFs. BFF forever, if destroyed, still true, all that kind of thing. Two K, two K, seventeen, all that. Well, um, this is you're definitely a teacher. You're in with all this youth slang. Bants. Don't know what any of that you just said means. Bants, there we go. Bants. <laughs> but yeah, the um, I, I, yeah, even though Eddie does class it as a land, and Disneyland Paris do, and it is on the official website, it is a land. But yeah, I would say for the same similar kind of reasons, yeah, I wouldn't have categorized it as a land and if you ask most of the guests what are the what are the lands in Disneyland Paris Discovery Land Fantasyland Adventureland and Frontierland they're your they're your four lands what about uh, the castle you mentioned the castle uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle there one of the first things you see as you've got onto Main Street do you think people would if we if they then agree if they finally agree that Main Street is a land would they think that the castle is on Main Street USA or in Fantasyland Ah, well, see, that's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because technically, it's part of Fantasyland, but where do you see it most from, and where is it really the kind of weenie of? It's the whole park, and you see it most from Main Street. So, in essence, it's almost a Main Street attraction, really. And again, I would from the reason I asked that is because for years and years and years, even when I started the podcast and the website, I didn't obviously. To be honest. This probably surprised people. I didn't care what land it was at the time. Obviously, we do now because we're really, really big fans of the of the parks. But yeah, Main Street USA was Sleeping Beauty's castle. Sleeping Beauty's castle was Disneyland Paris, and that was kind of it. And like you said, it's the backside of you kind of that you kind of think that the backside of the castle is Fantasyland, don't you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, from from Fantasyland side, you know, you've you've often got sort of things in the way, and then it it kind of blends into the Burj Restaurant, and then Seven Dwarfs Ride. So it's not quite as just on its own and stunning from the backside. Which is also why, again, you kind of think, right? It must be Main Street USA. Yeah. And so, I guess also it's just it's just kind of in the middle of the park as well, so it's just it just feels like it should be its its own little it should it should have its own land, castle land. Castle land. 
Does that mean you're um, going to be petitioning for other castles to be added to the land? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, all the other parks. You could get... you could fit the California castle inside. You I'm probably sure. could. Yeah, so it's only tiny the one they've got there. So what we're saying is, um, instead of having like obviously newer parks like Shanghai, have tried to go for the biggest castle they could of all and uh, is it Tokyo that are going to be doing something I think I don't know are they adding a new castle maybe I can't even remember um, I it's, it's Hong, Hong Kong, Hong Kong yeah, they, is had, it, yeah. they, had, they had an exact copy of the original one in California which was obviously built in the 50s so it's not very big but they've decided that uh, they, they, I think they're just going to demolish it and build a massive new one so, so lucky them so obviously we don't want to be left out so instead of demolishing our castle which is obviously the best one then yeah. we need to just add a few more next to it and yeah, make, we'll just build as, more. as you've said, Simon, we're going to make it Castle Land. Castle Land. There we go. So it's going to be great. As you walk from Main Street, USA, you appear at Castle Land. <laughs> <laughs> you could have. Oh, um, why aren't we theme park designers? Because we would probably end up going with the most popular IP, which is in the parks, which is still Frozen, and we don't want um, <laughs> Elsa's castle next to that, do we? Next Maybe to Sleeping Beauty's castle. Or anyway, do we? <laughs> well, that's another podcast for another time. <laughs> And also, that's our first question for the listeners. Um, would you be happy... Re- we'll just co- we'll, t- we'll totally ruin this whole thing by saying, would you be happy replacing Sleeping Beauty's castle with Elsa's castle from Frozen? Oh, that's, that's, I mean, that's quite a good question, really, or add, actually. Or at least adding it t- next to it. Yeah, to or indeed it, uh, any other castle, you know, from, a like, say, Ariel's castle. No, it's not Ariel's castle, is it, in Little Mermaid? Who's, who's the oh, prince? Um... Prince, um, what's his face that she he loses her voice for? I don't even know. Eric, is it Eric? Eric, Eric, yeah. So that's that's there a, we go. You know, that's a beautiful castle, or the castle from the latest Beauty and the Beast film, which is also beautiful and French. There's a castle that near my house that is a total ruin. I think it's got about four walls. We could add that quite easily. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> it's called Kerwin Hall. If you'd like to do a bit of research. Mm. So yeah, Castle Land. Nothing to do with Main Street, but it's uh, <laughs> our next idea for another podcast another day. Um, so yeah, kind of that is where we are um, history-wise, even though we didn't really speak much history, and you're a history student, so bad on you there, Simon. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, if you want any more history, go to uh, our interview with Eddie Soto. We talk a lot about um, the um, beginnings of Main Street. And also, if you're interested in comparisons, have a little look at what they have got over in America in the two parks there, because it's amazing. I've never been to American parks yet, but just looking at pictures and watching videos, it is amazing how like-for-like like a lot of the areas are. Even There are a lot of differences, but I can imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Simon, but I can imagine you feel... I don't know, you could probably be anywhere. You could be, if you're even walking down Disneyland Paris and you've been to America, you could probably feel, actually, we could actually be in the American park right now. Uh, is it is it like a carbon copy, kind of, the layout-wise? Maybe the buildings are slightly different. Is it a similar um, layout? Main Street, pretty much, yeah. Um, the main the main difference is when you come into it, because, uh, I mean, as I think Eddie talked about in the interview, you've got this fantastic Disneyland Hotel in Paris, which they don't have... Uh, in any of these other parks, so yeah. you have you have a sort of really big weenie of its own in all the other parks, which is Main Street Station. Yeah. So that's that's the really big difference. Once once you're in it, I mean, doesn't it, it, it's not hugely different. Although of course they don't have the awesome arcades like we have. Although then saying that, I would imagine though, as we've said earlier, the uh, covered glass roof on top of the uh, Main Street in Tokyo, I imagine that probably makes it feel very very different. But unfortunately, I've I've never been. 
No, I've never been there. If I was going to go anywhere apart from the American parks, it would definitely be Shanghai. I just love to see um, some of those those attractions that they've added there. Bloody hell! Oh, that's our first swear word. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're going to have to give this an age rating now. Oh, Explicit no. content. Bloody hell! <laughs> so yeah, oh, let's there it is again. <laughs> Let's look at the uh, current Main Street USA. Now, this is where we could spend hours and hours and hours going through every single building, every single attraction. Because there are a few attractions, especially if you look at the Disneyland Paris website. So let's. Um, I'm going to quickly just kind of read them all out. We'll have a discuss about them and see what we feel about some of the sections. So the first one we'll look at is the attractions. Now, obviously, we've just mentioned that um, Eddie Soto would love to have had the uh, kind of underground earthquake um, metro-style attraction, which never happened. And I think we are kind of lacking that. And obviously, if we had an attraction, then Simon would have classed Main Street USA as an actual land in his guidebook. Um, But the the attractions are Main Street Station, for obviously the railroad, uh, the Main Street vehicles, which I've never actually done, Um, horse-drawn streetcars, uh, the attractions are the, sorry, the attractions. The arcades, Liberty, and Discovery are down as attractions, and uh, officially as well on uh, the Disneyland Paris website, Dapper Dance Haircuts is an attraction because um, obviously you can go and watch people really getting their hair and beard cut. So it's kind of for such a, a big area, which is a land. There's not much of as an attraction-wise. Like a physical, you can queue up for this, or you can go in this, or you can sit down for this kind of attraction, is there? No, but I mean, I've never really thought about it before until I've just looked at this list and the kind of attractions that they list on there. There, I I think some of the reasons why we don't sort of immediately think of, say, the Main Street Vehicles as an attraction, or Dapper Dan's haircuts, is because they're they're kind of almost too real-worldy. Because as you say, there's no sort of oh, well, there's a queuing system that you work through and then you sit in a specific train that's on a track and then it goes around. You know, these are... You could actually get a haircut. Like, that's a real-world thing. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not like a theme park. That's genuine, uh, which I still can't believe they actually do that. It's bizarre. I, don't, I mean, do they do it all year round? I've never, I've never seen anyone getting it. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, th- that's, I guess, what Eddie Soto was really, was really getting at. Main Street USA has to has to feel like a real place. That's why he didn't want to put the glass roof over it because it would suddenly feel fake. But I guess they've done such a good job thinking about it, of making it real that we don't even consider them attractions because they're just they're just there. They're real. So have you ever um, taken a ride on the Main Street vehicles or the horse-drawn streetcars? I. I think I've been on Main Street vehicles when I was really, really young, but uh, no, not that I can remember. Not that I can remember. No, I definitely haven't. Um, obviously, part of me is mainly because I can walk twice as fast <laughs> as the vehicles, and obviously they're only going to uh, one end of Main Street and back. Um, but the I get... point, though, is no, it? No, no, I know, I know, point. I know. It adds to, it adds to the feel and of the old-worldy, old-timery kind of vibe, and it, it, does, it does do that as well. Like, if there was no horn... I don't know if, if I've, I've got a little bit of a recording from when I uh, my recent trip of Main Street, and all you can hear is the like the horn of the uh, the bus, and then like the honker honker of the uh, police cars <laughs> and stuff like that. So again, if, if that wasn't there, the atmosphere wouldn't be as like Main Streety. That's the only way I can kind of explain it. Yeah, no, well, I mean, again, though, you know, it really does sort of suddenly feel like a real street when you're like, oh, I've got to move out of the way. I'm about to get hit by a bus. Yeah, and it's amazing 
people watching when I was I think it was I was in the queue for Chippendale um, one of the days in extra magic hours um, we thought the queue was quite small but we were there for about an hour and a half anyway <laughs> the um, it gave me a chance to take quite a lot of pictures of Main Street but also it gave me a chance to just kind of watch what was happening on Main Street knowing that we were doing this podcast uh, today so the um, people do not walk out of the way very quickly like, I don't know if <laughs> Maybe it's because obviously it's, it looks like a road because you've got the pavements on the side and obviously it dips down and you've got all the tracks for the tram um, and the uh, streetcars. But people don't seem to... They must think, right, we're in a theme park, there's going to be no cars down this road. And they, don't, they, just, they hear a horn and they think, oh, it must be some kind of sound system somewhere to be <laughs> pumping out the sound of a horn. And until somebody shouts, out the way! Like, no, some people just... Maybe it's just because they're arrogant, I don't know. They just seem to stand still or just look at it and think, oh, this thing's coming towards me. I'm in a theme park. It can't, <laughs> it, it can't be a real car. It'll move out of my way. Don't know, have, you, have you noticed that before? Or is, maybe it's just me. No, I haven't. I've, I, yeah, I guess I've, I've not people watched enough. Uh, obviously, it's not everybody. So apologies if uh, you uh, don't just stand there and wait to be hit by a, a street vehicle. But... <laughs> um, yeah, again, people love to just watch and people love to uh, sit on them. Um, I've seen quite a lot of videos on YouTube of people like filming point of view shots of being on these vehicles. Um, another fa- interesting fact before uh, I forget it, um, watching one of these Disneyland Paris videos uh, where they've got cast members talking through different elements of their jobs. Um, I remember they had a Main Street Vehicles episode where I can't remember his name now. But he was. This guy was um, working on one of the vehicles in the workshop in the evening, um, and the, re- the really interesting thing I found. I think it was the bus. Um, only one person in the hall of, like, only one cast member in Disneyland Paris was actually qualified and had the license to drive one of the vehicles. I'm sure it was the bus down Main Street. Um, oh wow! So like, he was basically saying that if that person can't drive it, then that bus is not going anywhere. What an exclusive job. Because um, obviously a lot of these are well, they, they are real working old vintage vehicles that are really well look af- looked after, and obviously because of the type of vehicle it is, and probably in France there'll be some kind of law saying that if it's a bus and takes so many people and it's on the road, even if it is a private road down Main Street, then uh, obviously that person will need like a minibus license, I would say, rather than just right. It's not on a main road. As long as you can drive forward and backwards, then you could be it should be okay driving this vehicle. Which I suppose is a good thing, really. Um, but it's just I don't know. At the time, it amazed me that for such a big part of Main Street of the atmosphere, that there was only one person currently working there that could actually drive that vehicle. Yeah, well, I'm I'm amazed that because uh, they, as Eddie said in the interview, that they they drove that around the English countryside. I can't believe it was road legal. <laughs> Incredible. You can imagine here, you just imagine that it's road legal and it's fine, it happens. <laughs> you just get away with it, you're so cool. If the law comes to you, you're like, no, I'm an imagineer. <laughs> it's fine. It's all imaginary. <laughs> what you see here is not real. Yeah, Main Street Station, we've mentioned that before, about um, it being a weenie and the other parks, and that's kind of the main place you, like, you see before you get into the parks, or just as you get into the park. But um, in Disneyland Paris, obviously, you go through the hotel, and then you kind of get to... Um, the uh, Main Street Station. Now, it's normally, every time I've seen it, it's always been decorated in some lovely decorations. Um, some of them haven't been as lovely. And I remember, I said I wasn't going to mention the interview again, but I've just remembered that um, I, I kind of asked Eddie the question, what did he think about it? He was really diplomatic. 
Uh, obviously, he doesn't work for the Walt Disney Company anymore, but obviously he doesn't want to uh, upset them too much. Um, but he did say that there were some of the decorations that went on Main Street Station that maybe weren't as uh, pleasing to the eye. Um, but he did; it was quite positive of the 25th anniversary celebration um, decorations. And I must say, being there and seeing them in person, they are really, really wonderful, and they do add to uh, the theming. Maybe they don't kind of match the feel of Main Street because obviously some of the effects that are there, the, the technology probably wouldn't have happened at that time uh, when it's based. But I don't know, what, what are your opinions on the decorations? Now we know what uh, BFF Eddie um, thinks about them. Well, I, I, he said something interesting, like, um, and I definitely can't remember it word for word, it was something along the lines of, um, well, there's not that many attractions, so you have to sort of spice up what you've got. Which yeah, basically, was, was definitely a very diplomatic way of saying uh, they don't really have enough money to be doing, yeah, to be doing bigger things. There's, there's nothing on Main Street, so you've got to titivate it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I, I, think he's, I think he's definitely right there. Um, but, you, you know, you've, you've still got to, got to keep the theme. And I think sometimes they, they don't quite hit the mark with that. But the 25th anniversary stuff looks good. And I do also like what they do to Main Street for Halloween. Uh, and also at Christmas, that looks fabulous. What about the um, Swing Into Spring um, big massive flower? What do you yeah, think about that one? It's a little bit plasticky and gaudy <laughs> for my liking. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Main Street Station is part of the Disneyland Railroad, um, which again features. And we should have a, we should have a drinking game on how many times we mention uh, Eddie Soto's name. But Eddie <laughs> is the voice of the conductor on the Disneyland uh, Railroad. So I, I had to uh, take my family onto that attraction again. I haven't done it for a few years, um, and I can kind of remember why now. Obviously, it's been down for a little bit when they've been working on different things on the trains and on Discoveryland Station. But um, the wait time was immense. I think there was two of the trains were on, but it's so like it takes a long, long time to wait for the train. Um, they do pump in sounds of different trains arriving at the station as well. Um, hmm. and when you've got a four-year-old and he thinks, wait a minute, the train's coming, I can hear it, and then it takes another 10, 15 minutes for the train to actually arrive. Um, it's not a very pleasant experience anyway, I'll put it that way. Especially, oh, cheeky. Especially when you've just walked into the park after travelling and you haven't been asleep like since uh, half past six in the morning. But um, yeah, Well, we're... I, I think on. the top tip there is uh, if you want to ride around uh, on the on the Disneyland Railroad. Don't, don't, don't get on it at Main Street. You'll queue for ages. I can't remember which one. We, we, we worked out in another podcast episode which one's the best, the best station to get on with the shortest queue. I can't remember which one it is. It might have been Frontierland. But anyway, Main Street's always got by far the biggest queue. So get on it somewhere else. But that's I wa- the, that's I wa- the top advice. I wanted to listen to the... Uh... Announcement by Eddie Soto. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually at the other stations. I don't know if I've been on the other stations before. That's another question. Do they have the announcement at the other stations in the different lands? Let us know at uh, podcast at magicaldlp.co.uk. Um, yeah, the reason why I didn't like it, the queue again. You, you expect to queue, and it was the 25th anniversary, so it was always going to be a little bit more busier than usual. But obviously, parts of the Caribbean is closed, so obviously you don't get to see inside there. So that was a totally dark tunnel totally black oh, tunnel. Right. and obviously there's a diorama there as well before you get there uh, when you go through Frontierland there's normally like a big glass case with loads of I don't even I don't think they are real stuffed animals but obviously there's like a diorama with a, a landscape with lots of different animals and different um, 
scenes happening in there. And that was all totally done uh, down as well, with uh, curtains all over it. So, to be honest, we spent all of the all of the journey from Main Street Station all the way to Frontierland was basically in the dark. Oh. <laughs> and, and then obviously you go to Adventureland and you've just got all of the big long grass. And then Fantasyland... Um, you get to uh, actually quite interesting Fantasyland. So you get to see um, Casey Junior and the uh, Steamboat Ride, another Steamboat, the Storybookland um, boat ride, and then obviously uh, there's well we've managed to uh, get to uh, Discoveryland, and you've got quite a nice view of the new uh, Star Tours area and um, Space Mountain, which had a lot of green fences around, which I was quite upset about because I really really hoped, well I didn't hope because I knew it was should, but I would love to have went on Space Mountain again. Um, but then you get back to the station and you kind of think, oh, half of that was in the dark. Um, so I probably mm. won't be rushing to go on that again, unless I was there when they gave you a sneak peek of uh, the new parts of the Caribbean. But then that'll have been open for quite a while, probably when I go next time. So yeah, um, what else we got there? Liberty Arcade, Discovery Arcade, the Arab attractions, because obviously they've got so many kind of museum type um, exhibits in them that you can spend probably hours Especially, definitely an hour walking up and down each one. If you were to read every single little card that goes with every single uh, item or kind of exhibit, then you would be there for a long, long time. Um, I took a few pictures of some of them uh, on my recent trip. I haven't had time to look through them and read them all yet. But um, again, if I obviously you spend quite a lot of money getting there, and sometimes your time's limited, so it's just a shame a lot of the time that you kind of you are rushing through the arcades and not taking it all in because it would lo- I would love to spend if I knew I had loads of time and I could plan it in and I had half a day where I could say right, I'm going to just spend half this morning going up and, up and down the arcades looking at all the different exhibits um, have you had a chance to look at anything in the, the arcade posters in Discovery Arcade um, that are these sort of illustrations of futuristic American cities that obviously haven't happened are exquisitely beautiful I absolutely love them they're so to a T, what Discoveryland is all about. I mean, they're not French, obviously, like Discoveryland is meant to be, but, you know, they, they really capture that excitement of what the Victorians thought might have happened in the future. Um, there's there's one of the scenes with, like, people sort of... Uh, they've, they've got, like, these, like... I guess, you know, nowadays, if we think about the future and flying, we'd think, oh, a jetpack, but instead there was, like, these big mechanical wings that these people have, like, flying around a city. It's just... Ah, oh, they're, they're very exciting, and it perfectly sets you up as well to uh, head towards Discoveryland and see the big Jules Verne cannon upside, uh, up the side of Space Mountain. So, oh, yes, I, I love checking out the things that are in the arcades. Liberty Arcade, they're less excited by, because despite the fact I've now studied a lot of American history, meh, but Discovery Arcade, <laughs> a future history that never happened, yeah. amazing. I love it. Do you see? Do you always um, end up going down Discovery Arcade, even if it's not intentional? Like subconsciously, do you always end up turning right when you're walking down Main Street and going down that way? Do you normally go down Discovery Arcade over Liberty Arcade? Yes, definitely. I definitely, do. definitely, definitely. Just because I, I love it so much. It's so beautiful, and there's there's so many cool things to see in there. It's not just. I mean, America's a great country and glorified all you like, but ah, oh, it's it's not got the the same feeling that Discovery Arcade has. See, part of me as well, obviously I, I, I agree, Discovery Arcade is my favourite, um, again, the future, I, lo- I love looking into the future, and actually I love time travel, so it's kind <laughs> of the same kind of thing, this is what it would have been like if we travelled back in time, 
and then forward in time on their timeline if you know what I mean if that kind of yeah. came true that just that fascinates me but again um, you can meet Minnie Mouse and sometimes Mickey Mouse in that corner now down by Liberty Arcade um, and the queue is quite big for Minnie Mouse and it, they're roped mm-hmm. off it is roped off so people aren't like really blocking the arcade but it looks very busy in that corner um, I know they meet um, Goofy and Pluto uh, in front of Discovery Arcade, but the way that they have uh, set that up, it's kind of not in the corner, it's kind of around the side, so there's a lot more space that side, so I think a lot, I think naturally a lot of people kind of go to the right-hand side as it looks less busy uh, if they were going down an arcade anyway, so unless they've done it on purpose because they want people to go down Discovery Arcade and they want people to forget about Liberty Arcade, I don't know, obviously that's not <laughs> what's going to happen, because uh, they are as beautiful as each other, but obviously our interests kind of pushes down the discovery one. Um, it certainly does. But of course, Lipsy Arcade has that incredibly random scene on a boat that always really creeps me out whenever I'm in there, where there's like Lincoln and whatever there, and he's kind of a ghost, and they're fading <laughs> in there. It's weird. It's weird. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to call that. Apparently it's... Did we work out in another podcast that it's the attraction that stays open the latest or something? I can't remember that. So unless I turn, out of, unless my brain switched off, there was <laughs> something like that, and I can't remember the name of this. But, so hopefully you all know what I'm on about when I when I talk about some random boat scene in the middle of it. But yeah, it's, that's always creeped me out, and I don't know why. It's always really, really freaked me out. Um, is there anything else you want to mention about the attractions at Disneyland Paris? Obviously, we're going to mention what we would like to see possibly in a future. Uh, well, the, sec- the the future section later on. Um. Well, I. I, I don't personally feel like it needs any attractions. I mean, I'm sure Eddie would disagree because it's, it's his land. Um, but for me, you know, it, it does the perfect job of setting up the day. I wouldn't want to be thinking, oh, I, I want to go now back to Main Street USA to do an attraction and then I'll leave it again. You know, it's it's the perfect in and out. So I, I, I don't think it needs a proper attraction. You know, definitely, you know, I don't think you'd want an e-ticket there, for example. Oh, well... I think I, I would I would love an e-ticket attraction in there, but we'll discuss it later on. Because <laughs> <laughs> if anything, um, if it means we get one, then put it on Main Street by all means. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so um, let's have a look at we, the next section. We've got shops and boutiques. Now, obviously, this is the place to be if you want to if you want to buy some merchandise. Um, as much as they've got World of Disney in uh, Disney Village, uh, and for for some time actually. Um, I, I don't mind admitting it I probably spent all if I was going to buy anything I always thought right Disney Village is the place I want to go it's got the uh, all the shops there that's all I need that's the only shop I need to go to um, but I've since in learned in World on. of Disney is awesome it that's is a massive shop I love it I, to be honest I've actually probably bought less in there since it opened than other shops normally the Disney Mass. store uh, I always look around the World of Disney first but then I think well I don't really want any of that stuff or if I so like obviously, if I'm going to buy toys for Noah, then a lot of the toys are more in the uh, the Disney store in the Disney Village, which has all of like the, the cars and all that kind of stuff. Whereas I don't know, they've got they've got quite a lot of everything in the Disney World, uh, yeah, World of Disney. But I don't know, it seems to be a, a little bit of a lot rather than quite a lot on a certain franchise or a certain IP or a certain type of merchandise. If you kind of get what I mean. I do, yeah, I do. Um, but yeah, we've got the Emporium. Uh, which is the biggest store in Disneyland Park, and that's the store that Eddie wanted to put the uh, the metal grating at the top. 
um, with the dollar signs on it as well. That was one of the secrets <laughs> that he shared with us, and it never happened. But that's that's what he wanted to do, and he I don't think he was brave enough to do that. And we've got Liddy's Boutique, Disney & Co, The Storybook Store, Disney Cloffiers Limited, Main Street Motors, Harrington's, Fine China and Porcelains, um, The Candy Place on Broadwalk, Ribbons and Bows Hat Shop, New Century Notions, Flora's Unique Boutique, which has taken over uh, Town Square Photography, uh, Plaza East Boutique and Plaza West Boutique. Now, I didn't even know there was such a thing as the East Boutique and the West Boutique. No, it's news to me. They both sell the same thing as well. Apparel, accessories, gift and housewares, toys and plushies at the East Boutique and the West Boutique. Uh, which is your favourite shop on Main Street? Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a difficult one because I'm not, I'm not really that huge on shopping. Um, Doesn't matter. You need to tell am I right in it. saying the Emporium is the one sort of on the left-hand side? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's... Yeah. The biggest shop. The I, big... I haven't seen um, Flora's Unique Boutique yet. Um, and I... I probably would have said town square photography um but now it's gone so we'll go for the emporium now i've just uh, did you oh well this is we didn't know because you've just said you didn't know but the plaza east and the plaza west boutiques are actually the uh shops on the each side of the disneyland hotel oh they really yes that's interesting well (laughs) that's news to me i'm not sure i've ever been in either of them uh i don't think i have either Um, a shop that well was it a shop is it listed on the shops yes it is um, also listed officially on the Disneyland Paris website as a shop is the stroller and wheelchair rental shop my favourite um, and apparently you can buy Disney light ears still from the stroller and wheelchair rental shop um, seeing as though they don't actually have those in the well they don't, they're not compatible in the park anymore in Disney Illuminations I don't think um, and they don't actively sell them and I don't think they even do sell them at all in the park but on the official website it still says that Disney light ears are sold and you can buy them when you're getting a wheelchair or a stroller mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so now you know so yeah, originally as well this is me being this is me being me really I kind of thought on previous trips right every single shop will sell all the same stuff so I kind of didn't really spend much time going in and out of the shops. And it was only again this recent trip, uh, maybe the last couple of years, that I spent time in the evenings going through a lot of the shops. Um, so obviously you've got the Emporium, which kind of offers quite a lot of everything. It's got the uh, mugs and the toys and the, like the clothing and the plushies and all that kind of stuff. It's got all everything you would want from a store. But obviously you've then got the other shops like Lids Boutique. Uh, so it's got all the kitchenware and like little ornaments and stuff like that. Um, and obviously Lily is named after um, Walt Disney's wife. Oh, uh, right. So that's, that's oh, a link right. there as well. There you go. Bit of history for you. Love it. Um, Disney & Co, which uh, it's, it's themed like it's a fairground. Uh, so it's oh, got... now who's that named after? I, want, oh, I wonder who that's named after. Oh. <laughs> Disney & Co, so it's obviously Disney, Andrew and Simon. Yes, there we are. <laughs> um, storybook store. Apparently it's full of storybooks with Tigger as your magical host. Right next to City Hall, um, I've never—I don't think I've been in that one because again, I have always thought of the shops starting on the main thoroughfare of Main Street, not on Town Square. Main Street Motors, so you've obviously got the clothes in there for mainly adults, and you've got all those lovely. Again, you could, it's one of those win- we haven't mentioned the windows yet, but the window of Main Street Motors fascinates me with all the cars um, and all the bits and memorabilia of motor and vintage everything. It's amazing, um, and I've got the old petrol pump outside as well. Uh, on Main Street. 
Actually, I've just... You've just brought back to me that that's a cracking shop. Thinking about it, I might I might have to change from the Emporium. I'm happy for you to change your opinion. That's, yeah, no, the... Uh, oh, you can get some great clothes in there. Brilliant hoodies or whatever. Love it. So that's Sorry, carry you, on with your that, list. No, no, that's fine. That's the first That's the first uh, place you're going to head for now, isn't it? When you get to Disneyland Paris again, you're going to go in there and think, this is my favourite shop. <laughs> no, you do that on the way out, because otherwise you'll have to carry your new purchases with you. What, so do you not go into a shop until you're on your way out of the park or on your way home from a trip? Because what I do is I would, I don't well, don't go in first, but I spend my time slowly walking down Main Street, popping in and out of the shops to get the feeling, get the atmosphere. I also have a little No, straight look. to Space Mountain, Andrew. Straight to Space Mountain. Come Maybe. on. That's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> um, but you have, I don't know, for me anyway, I have a little look. Have a little look around. I don't want to spend my money straight away. So I can just say, right, that's what's in the shop this time. And I go off and enjoy myself, knowing what I'm going to buy when I go to the shop next time. Oh, now that is very prepared. That's clever. You have to be prepared for these things. Although no, I'm I'm an impulse buyer, Andrew. It's not although good. you you can disappoint yourself, because um, in February when I went, uh, the that they just started sneaking out some of the 25th anniversary merchandise, um, and I've got a lot of the attraction posters from the first set that they had out, which had the, the original Space Mountain poster, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Big Thunder Mountain, Phantom Man, that kind of thing. Um, they released a new one. Um, and I took a picture of it and shared it on Twitter because it was in the shop. Which shop was it? I can't remember now which shop I found it in. Um, but anyway, I think it was New Century Notions, Flora's Boutique. Um, I, I sent I sent the picture on Twitter, and then the next day I was going to go back and buy it, and all of them were taken off the shelves. So I imagine that they've put them out a bit early, and they shouldn't have been there. Maybe your tweet gave it away, Andrew. Possibly. So I, mean, I should have bought the, the I should have bought the damn thing, and then tweeted about it afterwards. Oh, rookie mistake. <laughs> um, another shop I really loved, I didn't buy anything in it, was the Candy Place or the Candy Palace, which there were sweets everywhere. Ooh. They had um, really big columns on the sides of the walls, uh, which were full of little gummy bears. They also then had, you know, well, you maybe don't know, Woolworths. Have you ever been into a Woolworths before they shut down? Oh, I remember Woolworths, yeah. Oh, good. You're not that old. You're not that young then. Um, <laughs> so you had, obviously, you got the Pick a Mix, massive aisle full of Pick a Mix. Um, and that's also in this uh, Candy Palace as well. Absolutely amazing if you've got a sweet tooth. In fact, Noah walked over to uh, one of the open sweet bins and was just about up. I could see him on his. I could see his hand getting ready to be a grabber, and he was just about <laughs> to put his whole hand in a in a like some gummy bears or something like that. I managed to stop him before that because I didn't want to know what the price would have been for a handful of gummy bears. <laughs> that would have been uh, horrible for me anyway. If we if we wouldn't get caught, we'd all do it. Oh, of course, if there was no CCTV, I would just put my face right in. <laughs> no need for pleasantries. <laughs> Find me later. I'm just I'm just motorboating a dish full of gummy bears. Oh, what a what a visual image that is. <laughs> so yeah, um, ribbons and bows hat shop. Different hats apparently in there. Never bought a hat in Disneyland Paris. Maybe I'd maybe tempted to buy a cap, but it wouldn't see me wearing a bonnet or a nice uh, frilly hat. What about you? Yeah, I'd go for it. Why not? <laughs> While in Rome. Do as the Romans do, as they say. Yeah, New Century Notions now, they still have the old phone that used to be in Town Square Photography. Again, in February when I opened it, well, I didn't didn't, I didn't I mean to open it. I was using the phone, just I was showing some of the students that they could listen in. And they were like, shut up, sir, there's nobody talking to me on that phone. And then when I did show them the phone and they listened to it, they're like, oh, that's cool, that. Um, but the front of the actual box was open. And I, originally I thought that's what it should have been like, but then looking at it, 
you could see all the wiring and it looked quite modern inside so it kind of ruined the effect um, and then this time round in um, April it was locked tight shut so I don't think the phone on the wall was supposed to be open when I seen it open but again that's, I think that's re- there's a few little um, nods to the old shop but like I said it is, it, it is a shame that it's gone um, and I think Eddie kind of again he was kind of diplomatic about it wasn't he he was kind of like yeah I really loved it and we spent loads of time like preparing the shop and the desk and the office and stuff like that um, and it's sad to see it go but only Disneyland Paris because it doesn't work there only Disneyland Paris know how successful that shop was and it's such a, an amazing location on Main Street on that corner that I can imagine they're probably making twice as much money now having different stuff in there yeah could well be right I mean they'll they'll have uh, lots of data about how much people are spending in different places they will and like I said well like he's like Eddie says the uh, Kodak kind of they, they fell on their face didn't they they didn't um, <laughs> just a bit they totally missed the boat which was digital photography. Can still buy some photos in there. They still have like a little photo pass area. But yeah, Kodak's gone. Old age cameras have gone. To be honest, digital cameras. A lot of people, obviously, there's people who are interested in photography who buy DSLRs. Uh, but most people these days, especially with the quality of camera phones, everybody is a photographer with the camera phone. There's no need really, unless you want to do some really professional photograph- uh, photography or videography. People just don't need cameras for i mean um old-fashioned cameras or even a digital camera so you, you probably won't even need to sell sd cards or batteries because those that want to use them cameras are already prepared for for that now anyway aren't they it's a crazy future isn't it <laughs> it's a crazy future in the world riddled by aliens that's a, <laughs> Whoa. I, don't, I don't know where i was going there <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good film we should make this we haven't mentioned yet again we've briefly covered the windows but some of the windows obviously they theme them for the different seasons they also theme them for different events that are happening and i, I don't know if um the, well there probably will be somebody in charge it'll be, there'll be a team of people whose jobs are to go around and decorate the windows but it'd be quite cool if each shop had their own people um and there was kind of competitions i can imagine it's quite a, a competitive thing well, who's going to get the best window this time I would hope that was the case anyway. You always want to have the best window, don't you? Of course. So it'd be nice if there was some kind of competition. It probably isn't. But if, you, if you're a cast member on Main Street USA, let us know. Is there a competition between the windows? Because if there isn't, there should be. There's also uh, the element, the interactive element, again, is in regards to the sounds that's coming out of some of these buildings. Now, obviously, some of the, um, the facades on the Main Street USA aren't real. So obviously, you can't walk into a lot of them, like the dentist. There's um, some other areas as well which you can't walk into, but they try and add a little bit more atmosphere uh, to the theme of Main Street USA by having, again, Eddie Soto as the voice. Um, he's in the chair at the dentist screaming. Thank you, nurse. If that wasn't there, Simon, again, it's it's kind of there's loads of different elements that add up and layer up 
would you miss not having these little voices that are coming through letterboxes or coming out of windows? Um, I mean, it's oh, it's awesome that they're there, isn't it? But I'm I'm quite glad that unlike Dapper Dan's, the dentists isn't a real attraction, <laughs> because if they if they went full out realism on that, that's yeah, that would be less cool. But no, it's it's you know it's it's the sort of thing where you're walking down and you you're not looking out for anything and you just kind of hear it and you go, what the, did I just did I just hear a scream and then you turn around and you're like, there's a dentist. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. Oh, that's. You know, it's it's the bit where it catches you off guard, and you're not expecting anyone to have thought of it, but they have, and that's that's that extra little magic that we love. Again, like it's, it's that little extra layer, isn't it? Now, you, mm-hmm. if, it, if it was never there in the first place, you probably wouldn't know anything about it. But it just, and some people in the park, again, people watching in the queue for Chip and Dale or Tick and Tack, as they are known in France. Um, really? Pierre, yeah. People, oh, that's news to me. There you go. You learn something on this podcast every time. Every time. So, um, yeah, when I was in the queue, people watching, there were people walking past, and they, they weren't jumping, but you could see they were quite shocked, and they were looking around, and they had no idea where these sounds were coming from. And then you could see you could <laughs> see the light bulb moment when they're like, oh, it's coming from that window. It's not real. Um, so, again, it's so, it's so they don't, they're not expecting it. Especially those first-time guests, not really, they're expecting it. They don't know where it's coming from, and again, it it adds that excitement to Main Street USA. It adds some like a talking point, something to talk about when they get home, or if they've watched the video that they've filmed. Um, just another little thing. So we, we keep saying there's no major attractions on there, but all of these little elements kind there's of loads made, of tiny little cool yeah, things. They kind of make Main Street one big, massive walkthrough attraction itself, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Like we've talked, we talk about. Um, the Aladdin's Passage, which is, I always think is a really funny, uh, funny name for an attraction um, in Adventureland. Like you, you walk through that; that is classed as an attraction. So, really, what we've got here is this massive Main Street attraction as it, and itself. So, obviously, it's classed as a land, but it could also probably be classed as an attraction itself, couldn't it? Yeah, or say something like um, uh, the the Dragon's Lair underneath the castle. That's yeah. that's the same sort of thing. You you know, you just kind of walk through it. But there's some really, really awesome things to just stop and take a moment to appreciate. It's amazing how they've done this. When I'm researching and looking at everything for the podcast, I just sit there and go, wow. And to be honest, did it take them two years, maybe? I think obviously they planned it for a little bit longer, but two years kind of on the ground, two or three years on the ground building Disneyland Paris. Um, But to get all of that magic, to get all of that detail in, and it was all being done at the exact same time with the hotels as well and the transport and the infrastructure. It is such a massive uh, engineering task and engineering feat that it's such a successful project. Um, even if the money isn't coming in like uh, coming in like they would like, we still love it. Oh, we do. Uh, restaurants, I love food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I'm not, the, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a picky eater though, so I'm not. I can't go to very posh places. Uh, which is why I haven't tried number one on the list at the moment. Walt's American Restaurant. Never tried it. I would love to do that. But when you talk about dining at the finest restaurant with a unique atmosphere and superb cuisine uh, dedicated to Walt Disney himself, that kind of doesn't put me off because I would love to do it. But inside, I'm kind of going, I don't know if I'll actually find anything on the menu that I would actually eat. I, I don't know whether you've... Uh, I think they changed the menu recently. People have been tweeting about... Uh about what's on it and uh, oh looks fantastic very very posh 
Um, I mean, I, I think the price has matched that, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, very expensive. I mean, it looks great. Um, I would love to do that, actually. I, I took a picture inside uh, the doorway on Main Street in the morning of the mornings that we were there, and, oh, yeah, the... There's like a bust of Walt Disney himself in the in the entrance where um, it just looks so elegant and such a nice place. So I would love to. Uh, I'll start saving now for the trip next year. Probably <laughs> book for that one. Uh, it's de- and if you time it right as well, you get a really good view down Main Street for the parade. Um, oh yeah. Which I probably we probably should have mentioned that on the attraction list really because it, it, even though it doesn't isn't a one hundred percent Main Street because it does come out of Fantasyland a little bit. Um, it is probably one of the attractions that draws people to Main Street at different times of day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Main Street USA does have another attraction. It's the parade. Now I didn't actually catch the parade this time, we, because we were there on the twelfth of April, where the uh, grand celebration happened at nine o'clock. We were planning on spending all of that day just kind of in the Main Street area, watching the parade, doing the grand celebration in the morning, meeting a few characters. But that area was quite busy, and with a four-year-old wasn't the best thing just to stand still so we've done quite a lot of attractions that day so once we had seen the 110 characters or something uh, down on the grand celebration we kind of got enough of watching the characters for that day um but yeah i didn't catch the parade but apparently sitting in walt's american restaurant you can uh, get the best view of the parade looking down well looking on top of it actually from main street and with some delicious food to boot oh what's what's more what more do you want all you need now is Mickey Mouse to come and sit at your table. Oh. It's not a character restaurant, but um, it'd be quite cool if it was, actually, and you've got all of that as well. Although it would kind of take away from the unique atmosphere, wouldn't it, and the fine dining aspect of it. Oh, possibly, but we do love Mickey Mouse. Yeah, because I can imagine a lot of people who are paying a lot of money there don't want, like, four-year-olds running around, picking the No, nose. but you do want characters, though, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why else then, would you get a Disney? But then, obviously... Yeah, you'd have if you're paying that much money, and then you had characters. People with kids would still go. And even though I've got a kid myself, I could imagine wanting to go there for a nice, like a nice date or a nice posh meal, um, and not so much wanting little kids running around. Um, so yeah, keep the keep the characters out of there for now, unless you get a character of Walt, somebody dressed as Walt Disney. <laughs> would be a bit bizarre, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, hello, um, Walt. How are you? Now I've actually got. I don't don't want to give you too many spoilers, but on my little plan here, I've got something to do with people dressed up as characters in restaurants as one of my uh, things for the future possibly one of my ideas so that's coming up soon Um, yeah we got um, now I've never I don't know if this one's still open because I've never heard of this one before and this is bad research on my part but Victoria's home style restaurant yeah I've got no idea I've never it's not just you even if even if it uh, isn't open anymore I didn't even know it was open to start with so where I mean, about? I've, I've heard of it, but God knows. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where it is. It's uh, next to the Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlor. On it's facing uh, next to Plaza Gardens oh, as well. Yeah, it's near Plaza Gardens, isn't it? Let's see. Yeah, it is. It's got a nice view of the uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, actually. And it sells a quick service selling snacks. Never mm-hmm. been in there. Never been in there. Hot sandwiches and snacks. There you are. There we go. Make well, sure if you... anyone's ever been there, that's uh, <laughs> that's the podcast question for this week. Let us know what on earth it's like. And let us know if it's still open, because we might have an, up- an out-of-date list. Oh, that's true. Well, I'm on, the, I'm on the app at the minute, which I hope is up-to-date, and that's... It's listed. There we go, then. So it, it, Disneyland Paris, even though it still says they're selling light ears, 
It's on there, <laughs> so it's official. Uh, Casey's Corner. Um, again, it's kind of, I don't know. Initially, when I first got into loving Disneyland Paris as a fan, everyone was, Casey's Corner, you need to get a hot dog, the hot dogs are amazing, blah, blah, blah. I do like hot dogs, but I don't know, I'm not really a fan of the hot dogs or the taste of the hot dogs that you would get from Casey's Corner. Um, what about you? Um, I mean, they're okay. I, I, I mean, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't shout home about them. Because a lot of pe- I know a lot of people in the community, Disneyland Paris community, they kind of swear by them, and that's they'll definitely have to go there every trip, or they always do that as the first thing they do, or things like that. And I don't know. I don't want to. Obviously, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It might just be my taste, but I'm not sure if the uh, the taste of the hot dog is the nicest. To be honest, just that's maybe my palate. Um, I, I I think the excitement of it is is a bit more than the than the reality because it, it sounds like it's going to be great, and it's you know it's all like American, and there's the you know, there's Casey stood outside, you get all excited, and there's lots of random things to choose between for flavours of hot dogs, or sources of hot dogs, I guess. And uh, no, I, I, I don't think it ever really lives up to it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think I'd agree with They're that. They're a decent size, though, actually, I'm saying that. Yeah, you get, you, you can do get, a, it's not the most expensive either, so if you're wanting a quick, like, not cheapish, but like, normal priced uh, snack, uh, fast food type snack, it's not too bad. And again, the for me as well, even though the taste isn't there, the atmosphere and the theming of Casey's Corner um, kind of probably adds to the experience anyway. So if you're wanting something uh, quite quick because you want to fill a gap, it's not a bad place to go. I would just choose other places because of the flavour of the hot dogs. Um, cookies Kitchen. Obviously, everyone likes cookies, muffins, uh, muffins and brownies, so you've got to go there. Uh, the Cable Car Bake Shop, another popular one, isn't it? A lot of people uh, tweet pictures of their cakes and bakes that they get from uh, the world-famous West Coast trademark of San Francisco. And, I mean, they do look gorgeous, don't they? Oh, they do. Uh, we've definitely bought one from there. I can't remember what cake I got now, though. It was def- probably some kind of brownie, I think. Um, and it was really, really, really nice. Market House Deli. Never been in there myself. Um, I think Mrs. Williamson went in there for a coffee on the 12th of April as we were stood uh, just outside it, waiting on Main Street for the uh, grand celebration. Um, but I've never actually taken any food from there. Sandwiches, tasty snacks, that kind of thing. Uh, one place I have been uh, is Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlour, sponsored by Ben & Jerry's. Other ice cream brands are available. <laughs> um, I've got to stuff, I don't know if I mentioned this story on the podcast, um, but a few years ago now, uh, me and a colleague were in Disneyland Paris. Uh, we got there at about... We actually got there early, so we got there about 8 o'clock, so we managed to get in before, well, four man, uh, extra magic hours. Um, and about 9 o'clock, the uh, Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlour opened... Um, me and my colleague looked at each other and said, well, we need some breakfast. <laughs> we're in Disneyland Paris. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Should we just go in uh, to the Gibson Girl ice cream parlor? Yeah, why not? So I had um, two massive giant waffles, two big scoops of ice cream, and probably um, a whole tin of squirty cream. There's a picture of me in this somewhere. I think it, it might have been on Instagram, uh, at MagicalDLP. Um, but yeah, I had uh, really nice chocolate brownie ice cream. Oh. with squirty cream for breakfast you're making me feel hungry oh. it's okay at this time of night but at 9 o'clock in the morning yeah but that, oh, that set me oh, up for the day it's that. worth it isn't it <laughs> the sad thing is every time and we, we, we did look at the timings on the apps and all of the um, Excel spreadsheets that you get sent from Disneyland Paris from time to time um, it was supposed to be open and I never I've never I haven't caught it open for the last 3 or 4 years um, that I've visited maybe I've just been unlucky 
Or maybe I've just used all my luck up by managing to get into uh, Café de Cascadeurs every time. Because uh, I managed <laughs> to do that again. Because a lot of people, I'll tweet about being in there or having a burger uh, recently in there. And people are always tweeting back saying, it's never open. I was there last week and it wasn't open again. Um, and this is kind of like me now with the Gibson Girl ice cream parlour. Uh, even though you can get Ben and Jerry's in any high street in uh, in the UK, it's still nice to have it from there and sit in front of the castle while you chomp on a nice big warm waffle. Whoa. <laughs> With the chocolate oozing down. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> when, you, when you're at Disneyland Paris, where do you normally eat? I know it's more of a generic question, not just Main Street. Do you spend, do you focus on eating at Main Street or do you go somewhere else? No, to be honest. I, I don't believe in planning things properly in theme parks. I think you should just go in and then just kind of see where the day takes you. So for me, it's just kind of, well, wherever's the nearest place. <laughs> so so you, you're waiting for your stomach and if it goes, Simon, I'm hungry. Yeah, you just then go I will, to, you go I will to the closest eatery. The nearest quick service and jump <laughs> straight in there. And that is it. Yeah, which generally, to be honest, isn't isn't Main Street. Unless, of course, I'm, say, heading back to the hotel or switching parks in which case that's quite a nice opportunity then to pop down Main Street grab yeah. something to eat so you could potentially depending on your stomach try any single um, eatery in the whole of the park doesn't matter where doesn't matter when yeah, yeah. Got to yeah. Have, a bit of, have a bit of excitement in your life have you got a favourite um, anywhere in the park not not just to what, of, of, of quick service well, anywhere to eat any food at all. Because obviously Waltz isn't quick service. You've got Plaza Gardens as well on the corner, which isn't quick service. So, No, well, oh, if, buffet, if I suppose it's buffet, any, it? then it has to be Blue Lagoon, doesn't it, really? So, yeah, have, you, I, have you managed to do Blue Lagoon yet? No. It's oh, it's <laughs> gorgeous. I love it. I love you know the atmosphere in there, sitting, watching the boats go around. Oh, so, yeah, I walked a few years ago, I walked in. Um, I wanted to just go and get a drink just so I could savour the atmosphere and see what it was like and have a look at the menu close up and see what the food was available um, but somebody else was trying to get in at the same time just for a drink and they went no room for just drinks come for food oh no so I couldn't go in I should have just said that my kid was at the back or something and just walked in anyway made some kind <laughs> of lie just, I always wanted to have a little look but yeah um, I am getting better with my food so hopefully when uh, Pirates of the Caribbean reopens uh, and the Blue Lagoon uh, is reopened as well. I would love to go in there and uh, try something out. Oh, that'll be even more special, I imagine. You might have the, the real Jack Sparrow permanently walking around the Blue Lagoon. Who knows? Yeah, it's a bit bizarre, recently, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no one knows. We'll, um, we'll have the guy who was in the office, um, who had the fake eye. What was his name? <laughs> Can't remember the character's name now. You know which one I'm talking about, don't you? Oh, um, the, uh, the actor's Mackenzie Crook. That's him. I can't, I can't think of the character name. No, but we'll, we'll have him in uh, Disneyland Paris. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'd take that. <laughs> take that and party. So, uh, entertainment. Um, mainly meet and greets. And we've kind of mentioned them already. You've got meet and greet with Donald or friends. Uh, these are the official meet and greets anyway uh, on the Paris web, Disneyland Paris website. Meet and greet with Donald or friends. And meet and greet with Minnie or friends. I love how they uh, advertise these as meet and greet with Donald or friends just in case we've changed our mind and put another character out there yeah <laughs> never quite know 
because um, I had, um, I think was it spring into spring a couple of years ago, 2014, I think it was actually. Um, we queued up to meet Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse was there, and then all of a sudden, uh, the the um, cast member that was uh, accompanying Minnie said, "Oh, Minnie needs to go into the house now for a little break. She'll be back." And then all of a sudden, uh, Duffy Bear came out in his uh, spring outfit, and all of the crowd in the line, all at the same time, just mourned him. Oh no! It was this. Oh, ouch! <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, but luckily it was um, Duffy Bear and Minnie because Minnie came back out as well. Um, so it was okay because we got two for the price of one. Uh, yeah, so we queued up. Uh, we got nice pictures of Duffy Bear and Minnie Mouse. Um, but yeah, it does happen occasionally. You're queuing up for one character, and then the friends come out instead. <laughs> um, and also, it, it does mention, apart from a track, it does mention uh, as not an attraction, but as an entertainment. Disney stars on parade is mentioned here. Uh, have you caught any of that on any videos? Um, no, I haven't. So, I mean, to be honest, I'm not really a parade kind of person. I watch it if I'm there, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way to. Yeah, see, that's right. If I'm not. Yeah, we didn't like I said before. We didn't really make an effort to go and see it. I think I caught the tail end of one part of it. But from what I've seen, you definitely need to see it in person because obviously with the new technology where they've got the GPS on all the floats and it kind of the try that's to sync up the music because every section, every parade like element has a different soundtrack which kind of they do link to the main tune, but they're kind of unique to each individual part. So um, it's definitely one to catch, even though I haven't seen it and I could have caught it. So <laughs> I'm probably the wrong person to try and advertise it. It's definitely something that uh, kind of adds a unique, another element to Main Street, especially when you've got a dragon shoots flames out of his mouth, rolling down there. Ooh, yes. What what does that do to the theming and the story? Because obviously this is kind of a land where there's no real IP that it doesn't have any links to any story of Disney, it doesn't have a link to any film. So when you've got all these characters walking down, obviously it's it's wonderful, and I've got no problem with it all, and it's magical. But obviously, if we're talking about keeping a story, keeping the theme, having a dragon walking down there wouldn't have happened in uh, America in the 19th century, would it? No, but Main Street always has that problem going on because the weenie at the end of it is a massive pink castle. Which <laughs> that is doesn't true. Fit at all to the <laughs> theming. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's a kind of weird hybrid, isn't it? But it all it all works. You shove anything down there, and it looks fabulous still. So, and the answer is, it's Disney, anything can happen. Oh, yes. Because kind of, in my head, you've got Disneyland Paris, or any Disney park, is kind of like stepping into your head and controlling your dreams. So if you want a dragon walking down a main street, you do that. If you want a big, wonderful castle at the end of a main street, you can do that. And the best thing about it, the dragon breathes fire. It does Amazing. now, yeah. I didn't, again, I didn't say that. To be honest, look, thinking back now... I quite I kind of regret not actually spending some time out of the five days that I was there to go and see it. But I can imagine if they do what they did for the 20th anniversary, it'll probably extend it by another year. So it'll be on for two years. Oh, yeah. And then they'll probably keep it out there anyway because they like reusing things. Unless, of course, the Walt Disney Company takeover goes ahead and they've managed to pump some more money in and redo a lot of the floats. Because a lot of the floats that are being used are old and they are being reused. Um, from previous parades or they've been flown in from other parks as well and kind of adapted for our park so uh, 
is interesting. It's again, it's another element to it. Um, they used to have different part, different kinds of entertainment though as well, didn't they? On Main Street, they had like um, the Dapper Dans would used to sing. Uh, I think from opening day, and I think ED ninety two managed to get them back onto Main Street for the the twenty fifth anniversary. Got them back. I think there's videos of them singing again. Be nice if I know in other parks have got like little street entertainers. They've got like people playing piano and other musicians. I know they've got the orchestra in uh, Studio One at Walt Disney Studios. Um, so I don't know. Maybe just adding a little bit more entertainment on there um, would be kind quite nice. We're close to the future section now as well, so I'm going to kind of put this in there. I think it would be quite cool to have some actual actors from the period as well walking around Main Street. Just imagine if you were walking down and you could see. Doesn't have to be any famous characters like Mary Poppins or anything like that, but just having some characters in like in, in costume walking up and down with a, with a basket, pretending that they're shopping in that main street. Um, even if you had like a gang of them, so it's like ten of them walking around and they can interact, tell different stories. How cool would that be? Absolutely, it would be. That would be really, really awesome. I was watching a video the other day that was taken in uh, Disney Hollywood Studios in Florida, where there was uh, you know sort of Sunset Boulevard kind of scene going on and there were two people uh, dressed full on in the sort of uh, roaring 20s period costume uh, and they were telling fortunes so you'd come and you'd sit on the bench with these two guys and you know in their big sort of American accents they'd tell you your fortune and banter a bit and then you'd go away and then someone else would come and, and uh, you know get their fortune done it just you know really really brought the place to life it looked fantastic just it adds an extra layer doesn't it of realism to make it Wow, this is this is what it would have been like, or this is what the Imagineers wanted for their like idea of a main street. Yeah, um, I mean, in essence, you can though because you can get your hair cut. <laughs> there you go. So it is real. Um, <laughs> the same kind of thing happened for the opening ceremony of Tower of Terror as well. Before they had the projection show on Tower of Terror, they had uh, actors acting as if they were guests going to the hotel, and then they had bellhops and all sorts. And again, that kind of brought that area and that story to life. So even if um, it was just like a show that every so many hours a kind of show happened and you didn't have to be in a certain place because it was all up and down Main Street, different different actors and different characters, cast members doing uh, different parts. Even if it was something like, oh, the Main Street um, bus has broken down, so then another vehicle comes out and somebody has a little argument or, I don't know, um, <laughs> to help each other out. Just kind of just makes it even more real-worldy. Oh, tell you, I know, I know it's not supposed to be in Britain, but I can just imagine him going, oh, bl- oh bloody hell, what are you doing? You've broken down, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> that's just stopped me now. I can't think of anything else other than that brilliant idea. Oh, I know. I think that's a gem. Write that one down. Um, so, yeah, future. This is where we kind of sink our teeth, our brains go into overgear, and we look at what we would love to do with Main Street. To be honest... Really, if they just left it as it is, I think I would be happy. Obviously, we want them to kind of keep it, keep on top of the renovations. It had a, it looked wonderful when I was there just recently. It's, they've done so much work to it. Um, I know they've kind of, well, I've heard that they've been using better paint and they've been using better materials to, to keep it looking better for longer. So obviously, as time has gone on, for 25 years ago, um, the paint and the materials weren't as good as they are now. So by changing what materials they are using when they are refurbishing them, hopefully it'll make make them look nicer for longer periods of time before they're really retouched and repainted. So what do we want to do? Um, new restaurants is something I mentioned uh, on my plan. Do you feel 
there is space for another type of restaurant. Obviously, this is theoretical, so it doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about what would disappear or if there is actually physical space. But is there any other type of eatery or location you would like to add? Um, well, to be honest, I, I, I'd like it if you had to. I mean, unfortunately, most of them aren't real. The sort of first floor of the building. Yeah. That would be really nice to have, you know, lots of restaurants up there so that you could just sit and look down on the street as as sort of life is happening down there. That would be awesome. Although I know a lot of those are um, they're not actually full-size first floors. But that, that for me, would be awesome. Now, obviously, we've got Waltz there, which is like fine dining. Now, I don't know what... And that real... is upstairs, I think. It is, yeah. I don't know what the, a real Main Street would be like in America at the time. But, um, one of the plans, obviously, for the 1920s um, theme was to have the speakeasy. Now, just imagine if they could have like a different, like another class system. So on the other side of the road, you could go upstairs and there was like a restaurant which had, well, more of a working class vibe. So obviously, there's no, you're not allowed to smoke anymore or anything like that. But in my head, I've kind of got loads of people sitting around a bar and just like tables everywhere, everyone having a laugh rather than and making loads of noise rather than having a nice, quiet, um, prim and proper type of restaurant. I mean, I'd road. never say no to a pub. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's when I, I know I've just mentioned there about having actors on Main Street USA, but just imagine having actors in like the restaurant. So not. Again, slightly different to character dining, so it will be it probably could be cast, uh, classed as character dining, but it wouldn't be a character as in like Mickey Mouse or a fur character like that. It would be more um, like new characters that the Imagineers could create up. Again, they could actually be they, part of the act could be that they're sat at a table, uh, maybe talking about the latest happenings in of that era, maybe bringing in some actual real news stories from the time. Other people coming in could be like maybe could be a stage in there where different people can come in and do some shows from that era, that kind of music, the kind of uh, stuff that they would have been into, just to add a, an extra layer, something to go to to plan and sit down and enjoy a meal. And yeah, you could, I like, think spend an evening there. I think a music venue would be fantastic. I think that'd be really nice because people we're European, we love cafes and stuff, so. To be able to, you know, sit down somewhere with some live music, some jazz, for example. Yeah. Ah, I think that'd be fabulous. And I think we Europeans would love that very much. Yeah, we would. Because um, every time I go on holiday to Spain or Lanzarote or a, a nice foreign country, I always like to go to a hotel that has some kind of entertainment. Yeah. Maybe it's because we're not very good at talking to each other. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we just like to sit with our cup of tea or pint of beer and watch somebody else entertain us. I mean, that's what mobile phones is for, isn't it? So you can all sit in the same room with people, pretend you're socialising, but actually be on Twitter. Yeah, you are socialising, though. You're tweeting each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of Disney parks around the world, and, well, Disneyland Paris aren't um, escaping this now. Uh, Starbucks. Now, there's still a lot of talk and a lot of rumour that Starbucks will probably make its way to our Main Street USA soon. Obviously, I don't know how soon, but obviously it's, it's happening... Uh, Santa Fe have now got one and Shine have now got a, a, star, a Starbucks that have opened. Uh, what's your feeling towards possibly having a Starbucks on Main Street USA? Um, I mean, fundamentally, my problem with it is that I don't like Starbucks. But um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. There's the answer. That's a oh, big yeah. That's a big no from, from Simon. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> makes it easier for you just to say no. Originally, my my opinion was, why does Disneyland Paris need like a multinational chain on there? 
but obviously over the years you've all, you've you've had like sponsorship of different areas such as Town Square Photography was Kodak, um, Ben and Jerry's are already in there with uh, the Gibson Girl Ice Cream Power. So if they were to do it properly, um, which it looks like they have done at the Hotel Shannon Hotel Santa Fe, they're themed completely different to meet the standards and the story of the hotels that they're in. And obviously there's already one in Disney Village, so that again. If you give somebody over like another place to go and find something to eat and something to drink, then that's kind of what their jobs are on Main Street and what they need to get people spending money. So I could imagine people these days are all about materialistic things and they're all about the brand. So if they can say, oh, I've been to Starbucks rather than I've been to this little shop that's Disney thought up, a lot of people probably would go towards the name that they've like they've seen and they know. Maybe it's not what I would like, but if it's going to make money, because I can imagine Disneyland Paris would, that part of the deal might be that they take so much on to- off the top of the earnings as part of their fee for allowing them to serve their brand in Disneyland Paris. So I can imagine it's probably a win-win for both companies. Yeah, the business model of it must be a bit strange because I mean, I'd imagine they would, you know, I guess it would work kind of like a sort of franchising thing. So I guess they'd pay a sort of flat rate, and then Paris would probably take a take a cut of the percentages as well but then you lose control over it you know because then i can only imagine you know it's it's starbucks coffee and it's starbucks paninis or whatever that they're selling so paris then loses its control over the quality and exactly what's going on in there so uh, it's taking a risk with it but then it also bothers me that you'd, you'd be in a situation where you'd be in a place of another world that's meant to be magical it's meant to be of your imagination, and you'd go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to Starbucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of takes you out of your nice little dream and back into the real world a little bit, doesn't it? It does. It's meant to be an adventure. So, yeah, we'll say no to that one. I'm in a press-a-manger, on the other hand, though. I'm not quite <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> I, when I was in London in January, <laughs> I, I was sick of seeing them. Every street corner, they are, They're everywhere, aren't they? You can just turn... Oh. I bet you're okay if you, if you feel hungry because you just eat. You just basically go into a shop as soon as you're hungry. I bet you just turn up and go, right, pretty much I can guarantee there's going to be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my wallet doesn't appreciate it when I'm buying some sort of stupid organic quinoa falafel that I've got no idea what it actually means. But, you know, oh, whatever. Dear. Even just all of the words you've said there make me feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> quinoa, organic quinoa falafel. I've got no idea what Kiwa is. I only learnt how to pronounce it the other week. I was quite chuffed with myself. There you go. I'll say it a few more times. <laughs> right, new shops. Is there, Obviously, you said there that you don't like planning anything and you just go to the shop at the end of the day, buy something, and that's about it. Yep. What, what else would you like to buy? Is there any merchandise or anything? Is there any merchandise yes. that's never available that you think, I would yes. love them to have a shop for that? Yes, 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 there is. Definitely. When I was... Oh, it would have been many, many, many a year ago uh, when I was last in the Floridian Resort. They had these Disney racers, which are like like Hot Wheels, but they're Disney characters in the form of cars. Okay, and I yeah. just went around trying to collect as many of these as I can. And I've, I've still got a drawer at home that's just full of all these cars. I absolutely love them. They're so awesome. And, you know, I've got, you know, I, I grew up then and I was like, no, that's, that's not that cool, Simon. But now I'm at the point again where I'm like, wow, I need to expand my collection. Um, uh, and I, I, I think they are available in Paris, very rarely and not very many of them. But uh, 
I love those things. I want more. So that's, yes, actually, I'd like a whole shop dedicated to these Disney racers. That now, would, would make me happy. Would they not fit in with mainstream mortars? They would. They'd be perfect. So now we've put them in there, what new shop would you like to build? <laughs> Anything else that floats your boat? No, that's it. That's it. Just the that's, cars. That, that's it. That's all I need. So yeah, I've or just, or just, yeah. Okay, I could, you know, have a shop dedicated to, to Disney hoodies. That would suit me quite well. That would be cool. See, I would like, um, like a really geeky shop, which had like mini versions of some of the technology that they've used. Which would kind of, I suppose, it wouldn't really work on Main Street because you're kind of giving away some of the secrets, which you shouldn't really do, kind of on Main Street. So maybe it would be better suited in the village, maybe. But I would love a shop where you could um, have, like, you get a castle. And then you can use that. You can, you, and it maybe comes with a pen drive that has a, like a video that you could then use. You project to project your own version of Disney Dreams or an, an old like um, nighttime spectacular or something Ooh, like that. Just just Disney Dreams because we don't have it anymore. Actually, can I can I change my hoodie request? Actually, yep. I'd like a I'd like a onesie shop. Ooh. Disney characters in onesies. Every character cool. you can think of. Yeah, you can just go in them. there and get a onesie. Yep. that would be good. That'd be great. Everyone would be walking around in onesies. Yeah, I know. So I imagine that's why they've not done it. But oh, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'd love it. Um, so yeah, I would love like a tech a technology shop. Or like, obviously, I know Dedi- uh, Steve from Dedicated to DLP loves the lighting. And a few times I go to the trips, um, and people are wondering why I'm taking pictures of all sorts of weird lamps and lights. <laughs> and I'm tagging Steve in them. Um, just imagine a shop where you could actually go and buy like a replica of a certain light or a certain element. So just like um, kind of like a second-hand, it, it could look like a rundown second-hand antique shop, but really it's just a load of different random replicas of different parts of different lands that people could have collected from their travels and brought back to this lovely Main Street shop. So you could go to, you could buy like an Adventureland lamp, or you could go to, you could maybe go into Adventureland and buy an Adventureland lamp that you could then take home and put up in your bedroom or whatever. Have a little bit of the like the land in your house. How cool would that be? That would be really cool. I, I really I like the idea that you'd have a shop in Main Street that's that's got bits from all the different other lands around the park. That's a really nice idea. There we go. So we've we've kind of um, done the Imagineers' job for the next twenty years. If they can find the money, that's what they can do with the next shop. Get building, and then they can sell it as merchandise and make money. Yeah, win win. Win win. Kaching kaching. Win win. What about we, you said before, right at the start, that you didn't really feel like you needed any attractions, as in like a, an e-ticket attraction on Main Street USA. If you had to be persuaded to put one oh, on no. there, what could you do? What would you like to do? Oh, I'm <laughs> fundamentally against putting any attractions there. Um, ah, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because again, I, I, it would have to be something that doesn't detract from from Main Street being being the opening to the park, yeah. setting the scene properly. So it would have to to be honest, it would have to be a walkthrough, really. So or... you wouldn't so you don't want some kind of Star Wars attraction uh, on Main Street. Oh, no, <laughs> so definitely not. You just so you don't want not. you don't want the Avengers from some of the Marvel films flying No, in. no franchises. No franchises. I agree with you there. That's one place Although, I'd, to be honest, I would love it, especially in Disneyland Park. I can, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it in Walt Disney Studios, but I think in Disneyland Park, really, and it's not going to be like this because it's going to go down the franchise route, and it probably already is because a lot of some of the stuff in there already 
even originally in 1992 was probably a franchise ride. Like they wanted to put in, and they didn't do it, but they wanted to put in Beauty and the Beast attractions and stuff like that, which would have been cool and would have fit in with the theme, but they would have been franchise. I like the idea that a lot of the original attractions from Disney Park in America or Disneyland in America and California was all unique. It kind of, some stuff was spawned from, like IPs were spawned from their ideas that they were in the park, like Pirates of the Caribbean, for example. Mm -hmm. So keeping it, keeping Main Street completely clean and having fresh ideas, but something that fits in with the theme. Now, we we haven't mentioned Eddie Soto's name for quite a while, but he mentioned (laughs) um, he would love to have had a dark ride where it was um, an underground like metro system which kind of suffered uh, well, t- well was part of the earthquake that happened in san francisco where he's got the uh, carriages rocking and forth like the simulator of the carriages rocking back and forward in the earthquake and things happening around them i don't know at the time when i was recording it with the interview i was like wow that's an amazing idea just imagine having that but i don't know how that would fit in with main street now i know it would probably be a different era um, and there would have to have been 1920s version of their main street but I just can't imagine being able to go on some kind of attraction underneath Main Street. I don't know, it just doesn't feel right to me. It sounds a bit of a, a sort of dark choice for a setting of an attraction as well, doesn't it? The San Francisco earthquake. Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine Disney probably threw that idea out quite quickly because that was an actual human tragedy. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's celebrate, let's celebrate it doesn't this. sound very Disneyland, does it? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, well, I, I think he said uh, also that you'd sort of you'd go on and there'd be this earthquake and then it would turn into a sort of half a roller coaster as you like worked your way out of this earthquake. That <laughs> yeah, sounds like great fun, really, doesn't it? For the roller coaster fan in me, yes, definitely. But it kind of does. It doesn't really fit. If they put that anywhere else in the Walt Disney Studios or anything like that, then again, it probably would work fine. Um, Actually, you're right. I mean, the Studios Park has got has got a great twenties theme going on, so perfect. <laughs> it needs more rides. It does. It does. Again, I asked this question, I've put this down, but I can't really think of anything. Like like you say, a walkthrough or a dark ride in such, like, kind of like um, Phantom Manor, rather it's a slow one. Where yeah, it could even be attraction. Whether it's the history of some... Or you could have even taken the, some of the ideas from Discovery Arcade and kind of made some kind of attraction out of that, maybe. Um, again, oh. we didn't need any characters, but you had, like, actual animatronics of some of these different exhibits like life-size, doing different things, trying to fly, um, all the different... Like a, like a carousel of progress, but yeah, instead but... of being actual, it's a Victorian retrofuturism. Yeah, I think that would work quite well. That'd be cool. We haven't mentioned it for a long time, projection mapping. Now, I know, um, again, as part of the Nighttime Spectacular in other uh, parks, I, can't rem- I, can't, I need to actually write these things down, because I mentioned it to Eddie and I can't remember the park again. Um, but it's definitely somewhere in America. It's either California or Walt Disney World. They have uh, projection mapping now down Main Street, USA, and you can kind of stand anywhere when you're watching the nighttime spectacular over there, um, and you can see things flying down Main Street, and it kind of all links together. Um, now, Eddie was kind of against that because he kind of said, all you're doing there is projecting stat- static images or moving images that aren't really doing much to the buildings. Um, and again, he wanted something that was going to like push the boundaries again so that's when i mentioned maybe having silhouettes of people in the windows kind of reenacting um different scenes again trying to try just trying to be, add a little bit of another element a bit more theme to main street and kind of bringing things to life um what kind of if anything what kind of projection mapping do you think you would love to add if we needed to add it at all because we don't always need to use it oh well i mean 
What if, what if, say, you started adding weather effects or something? Like rain or... But we, we, already get, we already get rain. Yeah. Snow. We do make magical snow without projection. I don't know. It's true. You don't even need projections for that, do you? Because you can just get the real rain, which is on demand every day. It's a difficult one because Main Street is so alive already. I guess, I guess you know, what you'd want to do with it, it would be sort of as you're... As you're leaving Main Street at the end of the day after uh, Disney Illuminations, now you you know if you can have all that because the castle looks gorgeous because it's still they're still projection mapping onto the castle as yeah. everyone leaves. So if you did you know bring that down just to bring out all the different features and then you know had uh, it would be Tinkerbell anymore, would it? It would be Mickey Mouse, I guess. That that wouldn't work. I was thinking you'd have Tinkerbell sort of fly down and maybe you know bring some windows to life. Well, that would you know, be quite cool. Down or something. Just just as everyone's leaving the park, um, you know, had a character pop out of it yeah. and whatever, and then go back in. Mind you, that I mean that you'd have to have Mickey Mouse now. Not quite as cool as Tinkerbell. Well, Tinkerbell is it. She's supposed to be like kind of the the pinup girl, isn't she? Of the 25th anniversary celebrations, she's on a lot of the lamps and she's That's on a, a lot point, of the actually, stuff. Yeah. But then she the didn't. She, she didn't. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. She didn't appear for at the uh, on the day I was there. She wasn't in the parade. And the grand celebrations. She was there for the launch of it, um, but it's weird because you don't really see her much. Oh. And they've kind of missed the boat there, unless they, they couldn't find unless they couldn't find enough friends of Tinkerbell to uh, fulfil the quota that they needed for their plans. I don't know. <laughs> or friends. <laughs> we all, all we want is some friends. <laughs> but yeah, I like the idea of um, Tinkerbell flying down. Like you could start from the castle and then kind of fly down, and obviously you don't follow her. But you could um, you could see her lighting up different bits, or even if again I've mentioned the, the silhouettes of um, in the windows, they could if they were if during the early evening you can see them like moving around because the lights are obviously coming on in the houses or in the buildings. You can see them in the upstairs carrying boxes, getting ready for the next day. They could maybe at the end kind of wave out the window or something, like just a silhouette. I don't know, oh, just a, cool. a nice little goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, so like like you get the uh, the goodbye from from Mickey, yeah. Mickey at the end of the day, you can have a goodbye from everyone in Main Street as well. That'd be quite cool. Again, I don't think it needs to be all singing or dancing, like um, the windows shaking and uh, bits of the wall falling off, that kind of thing. I think <laughs> it just need, just needs to be a nice little element that's like, even if it wasn't every single window. It's like the sound effects that they have in some of the shops and some of the um, the buildings on there. They don't have it in every single place because obviously that would be too much. Um, so just a little added element there. Um, something we haven't mentioned, which just came to my head, um, is the because we've been talking about windows. A lot of the windows on Main Street have names on them, um, which is quite a big deal for a lot of uh, people. Um, and I know there's some really big fans of these windows in the uh, parks in America. Because um, obviously, a lot of the characters, they have the names of the shops and the, the different proprietors of the different buildings and the businesses, and they're all names from the Imagineers that have worked in the parks um, doing different things. And one of Eddie's lovely little secrets um, that he mentioned was the fact that he managed to sneak his wife's name onto one of the windows without anybody realising. And I just I was amazed that, because obviously I know how big, how, how much of a big deal in the Imagineering world it is. Once you get your name on a window, you've made it as a really big player in the Imagineering world because um, obviously they have like they actually have like grand unveilings don't they where they have the red carpet out and they have the press there and then they like have a little curtain over the window and then the person whose name's on the window is invited down and then they're like I don't, I don't think it's happened in Paris 
Um, if he has, I haven't seen any of it. Um, do you know anything about any of the windows? Or... No. <laughs> no, other than there's Imagineer's names on them, and one of them is the wife of an Imagineer. It's been taken down now, actually. Oh, done. I think he said it was like five or six years ago. Either they realised, or they just needed to change it, and they didn't really know who that person was, so they've changed the window. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it, it, it's just one of those little links that are most of the people, most of the guests that are on Main Street looking up, they'll see these names, and they're probably, apart from a few of them, like Elias, Disney, um, and other names that kind of link to the Disney family, uh, most people probably won't even know that there's a link to the people who actually brought that, that Main Street and that park to life. So it's a nice little touch. Is, it, is there anything else that you think you want to mention about the future, or anything we think we've missed before we go on to the listeners' opinion section of the podcast? Is there anything that you feel we need to discuss about Main Street? Well, no, I think we've done a pretty comprehensive job, to be honest. There we go. <laughs> We're probably going to be on about two and a half hours for this podcast at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, since since we've not done one together for a long time, we've oh, got we, yeah, we we to do it in style. We need to do it in style, yeah. This could, depending on when um, I release this, this will probably be the third podcast episode within two months. Which is, well, knowing me though, I might just leave it until the end of uh, May and, and then leave it so we've got one every month <laughs> again. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, few listener opinions. We had um, some tweets. We've had, to be honest, because we've had such a gap, not as many as usual, and a lot of our regulars have let us down. I'm only joking. Because obviously they do such a big job for us, uh, sending loads of emails in. So we've got, uh, this is a long, long time ago now, in November. I asked the question on Twitter, what is your favourite thing to do on Main Street? Got a little selection here. It's not all of them, so apologies if your tweet is not read out. Uh, but these are just a few of them. I'll go first, and then we'll take turns going through some of them. Um, so Magic and Mouse, uh, at Magic and Mouse on Twitter, grab, their favourite thing on uh, Main Street USA is grabbing a hot chocolate from the bakery in preparation to watch the parade. So yeah, again, it's one, one of those things. If you are watching the parade, you can easily just go in, run into the spot, get a... Uh, coffee something to eat and run back out and uh, somebody could have like saved your place in the uh, the parade area it's just so handy isn't it i mean there's so much to choose from absolutely the food theme continues is that uh, the world famous dedicated to dlp says nutella muffins from cable car bake shop the yummiest treat in all of disneyland paris and scrumptious sumptuously decorated inside Definite food theme going on here. <laughs> uh, Natasha at Main Street Dreams. Uh, they love, or she loves to uh, explore the arcades. It's also a nice breather as it's usually quieter down the arcades as well. And it is. It certainly is. Um, especially, um, it's amazing how many people don't use them after the nighttime uh, spectacular. Now I know the cast members directing the aeroplanes. I mean, directing the cast members with those big buttons that light up. Um, so they do a, quite a good job at kind of pointing people down the arcades. But it's still, especially um, at the end of the evening, it's it's a really good, um, useful place to go. So you can kind of make a quick exit if you do need to get out of the parks quite quick. But even then, if there's a parade on or if there's something happening, or even if it's just quite busy, they are still a lot quieter, and you can go down there um, quite easily and get out of the park or get into the park quicker, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, one of the things we didn't say is that uh, Liberty Arcade blends in beautifully into Frontierland. That's a lovely little passage they've got there, and that saves you quite a bit of time and isn't very busy. So that's that's a, a cheeky tip to get into Frontierland faster. Yeah, how how far can you actually go? 
because um, obviously you can I know you can get into Frontierland but where does it come out at can you remember no I can't I can't remember whether it feeds you into uh, Fort Comstock or whether it takes you through to the other side of it but you can do that you can You can definitely well, I've go I've got a feeling it bypasses Fort Comstock actually and comes out oh um, you know I can't remember I cannot remember <laughs> we'll find out and we'll tweet about it we will yeah there you are there's another podcast question for you <laughs> yeah what's the next one so, uh, Disney Wonderful World at It's a Disney has said, I love to shop, but it's also a great place to hang out. It's always got such a buzz and the atmosphere about it, and it is gorgeous. It certainly is. Yeah, like, and it's somewhere I don't mind just sitting. And I suppose it's the same in any land, in any place in uh, Disneyland Paris. But if you, we were waiting for Disney Illuminations, and it was like an hour before the start of the show, and... I'm happy just sitting there because you've got the music. That's one thing we haven't actually mentioned, the music on Main Street USA. Um, without the music, it would be quite weird. Now, you don't have music in your town. You don't have music in the city centre unless there's some buskers playing. Um, <laughs> but it, it adds to it, doesn't it, the music, the atmosphere? It does. It's also a really fun... There's that fun game to play where you, uh, you listen to it and you're like, hang on a minute, what's, what film is this from? What film is this from? Ah, oh, I can't. Ah, oh, what film is this from? It's not coming to me. It's not coming to me. That's good fun. Do you know all of the songs and all the films? Nope. <laughs> I lose that game a lot. You lose the game a lot. You can, I love I love listening to the um, the loops that people have on YouTube as well. So if you're ever having a bad day, um, and you'll, you'll be hearing it in the background now as we speak, the Main Street loop, it's amazing, and it kind of it just adds to the atmosphere. And if you ever need if you ever need to pick me up, just listen to the Main Street music, and you'll kind of you're not totally there, obviously, you're not physically there, but you are transported in your head to Main Street USA and it kind of brings a smile to your face and if you're my age it's quite good revision music as well <laughs> <laughs> Edwina Drake at EERD23 um, she says eat at Market House Deli and people watch a Casey's Corn with a hot chocolate it's, it, it is a great place to people watch there's so many is. people walking through there lots going on definitely that kind of buzz and atmosphere Emma at Emma S92 says she likes walking up and down and just soaking up the atmosphere. Also, listening out for the ambient sounds uh, near some of the storefronts, as you said earlier, Andrew. There are some cool little gems down there. Paul Hancock at Hancock P. Uh, walk through the arcade, see the castle over Plaza Gardens, and a couple of cases. See, cases came out a few times, We've got a few fans there. It is. Definitely loving this food theme. And Nikki from at DLRP Wonder says, Waltz! Lots of exclamation marks and a smiley face with love hearts. The theming is beyond incredible with a very relaxed atmosphere and the quality of the food is really good. Really, really good. Now, Ella um, sent an email in. It's quite a long one. Uh, I don't mind taking this one. So I'll read this email from Ella. She's also um, taken part in our little experiment, which uh, we'll share with you in a second. But if you, I don't know if you're um, aware of this, um, anybody out there, but Ella is kind of a new member of our team at Magical DLP. Uh, she's shared a few uh, lovely uh, articles. She loves science. Uh, she's currently studying science as well. And she has spent a lot of time and a lot of dedication researching loads of different science um, elements to different attractions and different themes of Disneyland Paris. Uh, she currently, the recent article was all about uh, Disney Illuminations, uh, so it's all the science behind that. Um, part 2 is currently at about 3,000... I don't know if it's free. I think it's 3,000 words, or is it 3,000 characters? can't remember. But uh, it's very, very lengthy, um, Part 2. So that will be coming up on the website very soon, if it hasn't already done so. 
Um, so Ella says, Hi guys, I'm a big fan of Main Street USA. I think it's got a really nice atmosphere and the theming is fantastic. My favourite part of the land is probably the music. The fact that it's a melody of a whole bunch of songs from the time period in which Main Street USA is set is wonderful. Also, I read somewhere that the reason most of the songs have been sped up from the originals is part of the experimental de- design so that the tempo matches with the average walking speed of the visitors so it's not making you feel like you have to speed up but it is so of supporting your pace the only issue i have with the music is that it's before disney sorry that is that before disney dreams you're just waiting for it to stop and it just doesn't something which helps add to the general feel of land is the main street vehicles they're great to look at but i'm not a fan of actually riding in one i have done it once but it felt just like a little bit of a waste of time there are all these amazing attractions that you can't experience anywhere else aside from other disney parks so why would you choose to spend time on the main street vehicles nevertheless while people uh, still think it's a good idea i'm not going to discourage them as the vehicles help to make you feel like you are in that time period it's like she's in our brain simon we've already said this yeah i know when it comes to eating on main street i used to love plaza gardens me and my family would stay on half bar plan but could only spend our vouchers at selected restaurants and my mum's vegetarian my sister's vegan and me and my brother are very picky so a buffet was the best choice I thought the selection of food was great, particularly the desserts. However, when I went last summer, they changed the food around. There was still stuff for me to eat, but it just wasn't the same. The only exception to this was the change in desserts. They are still as good as before. Plus, the pineapple there in the salad is the best pineapple in existence. That's a big claim. That, that is a very big claim. And she actually says, the best pineapple in existence, period which is a massive claim. I've also eaten at Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlour and Casey's Corner. Eating at Gibson Girl has become a tradition for me. I don't like roller coasters. <gasps> so our family has a system of my mum going on Big Thunder Mountain with my sister, the thrill seeker of our family, while my dad, my brother and I do various non-thrill attractions and then just get an ice cream. I don't know. If I knew this before I accepted her article, Simon, I don't know if I would have accepted them. Oh, I know. It's all about the roller coasters, isn't it, Andrew? Of course. You need a thrill in your life. Come on. If we ever meet up with Ella, we'll need to drag her on to... Uh, we'll do a big fundamental first. That's fine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a gentle way to start off, isn't it? Yeah. Not Well, it's actually a lot faster. Uh, having done it just recently, it's a lot faster. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, we're not going to spoil much, but um, the view's different wheels. Instead of using um, metal, they now use um, plastic, and they go a little bit faster on the tracks. No, that's interesting. No, I'd heard, I'd, uh, I'd heard on Twitter that people were saying it's faster. That is very interesting. Yeah, it definitely is, and it definitely sounds a lot. I don't know if they've added extra noise. Anyway, this is not part of Ella's uh, email, but they've, um, yeah, they've added extra noise to it as well, so it sounds faster. And apparently, they blow wind at you as well in the tunnels to make you feel like you're going even faster. Oh wow! Um, and because it's going faster, is one of the reasons why it's always down at the moment. Because it's probably, I think it's faster than they expected it to be, and it's causing problems at the station, and the system then shuts off. So anyway, Ella says that the ice cream is very expensive. Uh, the ice cream is good and everything, but it's just Ben and Jerry's. Nevertheless, it wouldn't be a Disney trip without it for her. Um, she's only eaten at Casey's Corner once. This was before her first visit to Disney Dreams, and it started to storm, uh, complete with full-on rain, thunder, etc. So everyone crowded underneath Casey's Corner. My sister got hungry, so thanks to her being a small 10-year-old at the time, worked her way through the crowds and got chips for all of us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what you need, a little small person just to push through into the crowd. Um, 
to get your food for you. Frankly, the fact that it's covered over is probably its major benefit. During my first trips, I consistently ate at Victoria's home-style restaurant because I was a big fan of the Mickey pizzas. There we go. Ella's been there and done that. After all, after those were taken off the menu, I stopped eating there. However, I've walked it, I've walked through it a couple of times, and the theming in there is so wonderful. Also, the fact it offers savoury snack food is a major plus. One time, my sister and dad were offered a big Thunder Mountain ride, but were queuing so long that they didn't have the time to eat tea before the parade. This was while me and my sister were majorly into parades. So they were running on many bags of ready-salted crisps. Nothing wrong with that. I don't really do much shopping on Main Street, as one of the issues I have with it is that I never know what is being sold where, as each shop is supposed to have a focus, but there always seems to be some kind of crossover in stock between the shops. This is a problem I have with shopping in the park as a whole. As much as the Disney Village isn't my favourite place, I generally do all my shopping in one hit in the world of Disney, as it normally has pretty much everything. The exception to this is the pin trading stand that they've got there, which I really like. It's always got a variety of general pins. I apologise for waffling, Ella. No waffle at all. She didn't no, even have waffle. She didn't even have waffle on her ice cream and Ben and Jerry's, but um. <laughs> Had to get that back in there, didn't you? You of loved course that, I did. Andrew. My breakfast, it was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's quite a lot of the stuff there is kind of um, linked and kind of is what we've kind of agreed with ourselves, isn't it? Apart from the fact that she doesn't like roller coasters, but we'll maybe have to forgive her for that one. Uh, but thanks for Ella for that one. Uh, Ella Absolutely. comes up. Ella comes up again in a minute, actually, in our next section. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but recently on Twitter, I have been tweeting out a request for people to send in their reviews, but recorded on their smartphones. We've all got them these days. Probably 90% of our listeners, probably even more than that, 99% of our listeners will probably be either listening to this on a smartphone or will have a smartphone on them which has a microphone because obviously you need the microphone to make the phone calls these days. So what I ask you to do is hit record on there and just record a short snippet of information basically to save me and Simon reading out long emails. Um, so we've got four of them. Obviously, it's the first time we've done this. So we've got Q, Gabriel Smith. And we've got Ella Caffrell. Uh, we've got Ruby. And we've got Helen Macro. Uh, so thank you for all your reviews. Here they are. Hello, Magical DLP Podcast. This is Q from Perth, Australia. A Disney explorer, a past guest writer for Designing Disney website, Disney hipster blog, and this Happy Place blog. Also, co-host of the MJ Cast podcast, news and discussion on Michael Jackson and the Jackson family. Firstly, wanted to say you guys do an amazing podcast. Andrew, you put in so much work and it really shows it's a top quality podcast on Disneyland Paris and in my opinion, the best one. So thank you for all of your hard work and all of the time that goes into it. It was just putting in a quick submission, hopefully quick, about your topic, which is Main Street USA in the beautiful Disneyland Paris. So I think my first visit was in 2012 and it left quite an impression. I remember walking out into Town Square from underneath the train station and bursting into complete and utter mess of tears at the site of this grand and stunning Main Street. In my opinion, it is the best Main Street USA that I have seen in the parks that I have visited across the US and Asia. Things that I really love about it is the entry statement as you do come out from under that big giant train station. 
which is behind the Disneyland Hotel. It's really incredible. I really do hope, though, that the missing land sign does reappear back on the train station announcing that you are entering the land of Main Street USA. I do think it has been missing for far, far too long. The Main Street itself is its a grand town. It's almost, and it really feels like a real size, not like a small town or a miniature buildings such as in Disneyland or Hong Kong Disneyland's Main Street USA. The gazebo at the, at the front of Town Square, the stately city hall, the beautiful side streets, including the most amazing Market Street uh, on the sides, and then of course the, the two arcades down each side, Liberty and Discovery Arcades, which are filled with museum quality exhibits, are just, just astounding. I spent so much time photographing and exploring the exhibits in both of the arcades. It really is incredible. The view from Walt's Main Street uh, up, at, up at Walt's American Restaurant, having lunch or dinner there was always just amazing at a window seat. The view was fantastic and seeing a little parade go past with the music and the crowd was always really fantastic. Loved it. Um, I also really wanted to point out something I love, which was the stained glass ceiling in the Emporium. Just the detail there really just is beyond anything else in any of the other park's main streets. Um, I'm sure when I listen back to this podcast, when you guys are talking about uh, Main Street USA, I will agree with so many points and I'll be yearning to, to return and visit again. Again, Andrew and Simon, thank you for the podcast and uh, we really look forward to hearing what the topic will be in the next episode. Thanks again. Hey, so uh, hi guys, uh, I'm Ella. I write the science articles for Magical DLP that kind of bore you to death, but you feel like you should read anyway because you're nice people. Um, thank you so much for all your nice comments, by the way. I was really... I was expecting that the articles could be absolutely awful, but apparently the fact that they aren't entirely bad, I'm presuming, is a good thing, so thank you very much for that. Um, I am going to use this opportunity to just kind of talk about science. Um, I do have opinions. I, I just prefer talking about science. Science is my thing. Uh, I'll probably feel less awkward talking about science, so I'm going to do that. Some of this may have been stuff that you've heard before, because I wrote it on another blog post thing, but hey, it's... It's science, hopefully you'll find it interesting even if you're hearing it for a second time. Uh, sorry if you don't. Um, first thing I'm going to talk about are the lights along Main Street that have the Tinkerbell decorations on them at the moment for the 25th anniversary. Um, the fact that they aren't exploding all the time actually makes them a very realistic set piece. Um, when electric lights were first introduced, um, glass was obviously used to surround them, but this was found to shatter on cold nights. So. In 1915, this guy called W.C. Taylor um, found if you put boron in glass, then it didn't shatter as much. So that is what was used. Borosilicates are now used in glass. Um, I'm presuming that this is very similar to what is used in Disneyland Paris, if not exactly the same. If not, it'll probably be a um, safer version, um, because I can imagine that cast members don't want to be constantly filling out paperwork because a random cast member got covered in broken glass. Um, so, yes, it's a great thing that the lamps don't explode all the time. Yay. So, next thing. 
music along Main Street, which I think everyone can agree is awesome. I think everyone has such happy memories connected to it because it's the first um, thing you hear really when you're in the park and you're like, oh yes, I'm currently forgetting about how long I'm going to have to queue for Big Thunder Mountain before it eventually goes down in like five minutes. So yes, nevertheless, if you listen to the tempo of it, it's either kind of like a middle-ish tempo or it's quite slow. And I think this is a very purposeful move. Um, not sure how many of you have seen the movie Awakenings or read the book by Oliver Sacks, which I highly recommend. Anything that Oliver Sacks ever wrote, just read it. It's awesome. Such a good science author. Anywho, when he was wor- working with patients with Parkinson's, he found that they were able to walk more fluidly and move more fluidly when having external music playing, which inferred that the brain is wired to sort of have an internal metronome which can be influenced by external music. So having sort of a middle-ish pace music will get people to walk at that kind of tempo. This will then mean that you're not going to have many safety issues, people aren't going to be walking too slowly, you're not going to have people running into each other, you're not going to have like some kind of wild rampage. Um, And also having it slower is going to help because Main Street has a lot of shops. So if you're walking along and you're like, oh yes, that pin looks nice, it's going to increase your frequent. It's going to increase your probability that you're going to buy it, um, which is obviously a good thing for Disneyland Paris because it needs money. Um, so yes, next thing, um, the kind of creepy tableau in Liberty Arcade, which it, it, it's just a little bit creepy, I think. Um, if you haven't been in there, it's just this tableau with these kind of creepy sort of waxworky figures. They don't move or anything, they're just kind of there. Um, a lot of people put this creepiness down to the Uncanny Valley, which is a phenomenon which is when a robot sort of resembles and looks and moves kind of like a human, but almost exactly but it's not quite there. There's kind of a discrepancy there. And this is thought to be down to um, if you see something that looks like a human, you're expecting it to move like a human, and then it doesn't. And that discrepancy between what you're seeing and what you're expecting is what causes the fear. This is the kind of thing that would have been an evolutionary advantage. Like if you were a hunter-gatherer and you were out hunting and there was a bush and you're not expecting the bush to move but suddenly it moves because there's, I don't know, a bear in it or something. You're like, hey, I should probably run away because that isn't supposed to be moving. That's going to increase the chances of you surviving. Um, So yes, now this does of course mean that the creepiness of the Tableau and Liberty Arcade isn't down to Uncanny Valley because the figures don't move. They may have moved at one point, this is Disneyland Paris we're talking about here, they may just be broken animatronics. But hey, who knows, I don't think they are. It would be cool if they were, just just set a statement. Anywho, hope this wasn't entirely boring. Uh, bye. So, this is my view on what I think Main Street USA is about. So, Main Street USA is really classic, really vintage. When you walk down it, it feels like you're home and you're back in the magic and you're just you're just so relieved that you're there and it's just like when you're whisked away to a new destination and a new place and it's just, it, it just feels so magical. Hi Andrew, just like to start by saying I absolutely love your podcasts, I listen to them all the time, really look forward to the next one coming out and I've all even gone back and listened to the, all the old ones. Um, as far as Main Street is concerned, I love it. We have been to Disney so many times that I've forgotten exactly how many times, but if someone said to me on your next visit there would be no rides or attractions open apart from Main Street, I wouldn't care. Especially at Christmas with all the lights and the parades and the snow. 
Um, the arcades down the side are amazing. When you're cold, you go down there, get a warm up, have a nice hot chocolate, and a muffin, etc. Yeah, just absolutely love it. I love the shops. I could spend all day in the shops. Who needs rides? <laughs> That's it. Bye. Thanks, guys, for those lovely audio reviews. Make sure you send them in again next time. We'd love to hear what you send. It's great to give you the voice, and it's great for people out there to actually listen to real fans speaking passionately about what they love and what they would like to improve about certain places. So, yeah, thanks for your opinions on Main Street USA. Hopefully you'll join us again for the next one. On to iTunes. I've just read a lovely long email from Ella, so I'm going to give you the lovely joy of reading out this iTunes review. Absolutely. It says, amazing podcast, five stars, high quality podcast with dedicated episodes on attraction shows and everything else found at Disneyland Paris. Although I'm a Disneyland Paris, uh, Disneyland Paris geek, I still learn stuff each and every episode. The interview with Eddie Sato, producer designer of Major USA, is highly recommended. Damn but, right, that was a great interview. Where did it come from, that uh, review? I have no idea how to pronounce names in Dutch. I'm not going to lie. It's the Netherlands. I just wanted the players. Oh, right, yeah, from the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, lovely review. Uh, it's made me... I've put there as the label iTunes, but it's actually now officially known as Apple Podcasts. There's a different thing now? Yeah, they've, apparently they've called it Apple Podcasts. It's still on iTunes, and you can still get it the same way, but oh. they've just changed the name, and I think they're rebranding it. So if you hear us talking about Apple Podcasts in the future, <laughs> that is one of the reasons why. Well, I've learnt something new as well then. Actually, I've learnt a lot of new things this evening. Always happens. It always happens. That's what we're here for. We learn something, you learn something. It's amazing. Yeah, that's kind of it. We're kind of coming to the end of the show now. So, um, we've got a sponsor, Simon. Uh, Holiday Hamster, you've probably heard of them um, on, and seen them on Twitter. Uh, they are really good at specialising in sorting out your holidays for Disneyland Paris, Disney World, anything Disney. But they also do any holiday at all. And the good thing is, they don't, I don't think they charge any commission. So you don't actually have to pay anything extra and hopefully they can save you some money. So to help us out a little bit with this podcast, to help us sort the hosting and get everything sorted, you can help us as well by booking through them. So you need to go to holidayhamster.co.uk forward slash magical dash DLP. You can also, if you're on the main website or you're on Twitter or you email them, you can uh, mention magical DLP when booking and you may even get some added magic. Now no one's told me what that is yet but it'd be nice if somebody books a holiday and then tells us. Okay. Um, (laughs) Something that we um, hopefully will have launched by the time this podcast goes live is the Magical DLP shop. Uh, You can go to uh, shop.magicaldlp.co.uk and you can buy a Magical DLP badge. I know a lot of people have wanted them. Um, The only reason we're selling them is because I printed a load for the 25th anniversary to give out and I didn't really give many out. So to recuperate some of that money that I paid to buy them, um, we're selling them. But obviously a lot of people love having badges and they can take them into the park, send us some pictures of them, of you wearing them. Um, so if you go to shop.magicaldlp.co.uk, I will uh, get it in the post as soon as possible and hopefully we can spread some magical DLP love. Um, you'll be getting one uh, very soon through the post as well, so you need to share a picture of it as soon as you get yours. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um this is where we start talking about the next episode. Oh, so it's exciting. The, next, uh, the focus of the next episode of the Magical DLP podcast will see, see me and Simon discussing rock and roller coaster avec Aerosmith. I'm so excited for doing a roller coaster again. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's been a while. Probably been a few years, actually, since we've done a roller coaster. 
Yes, which was the last one we did? Uh, Space Thunder Mountain. Mountain? Thunder Mountain, yeah, Thunder Mountain will have been, yeah, because we've done Space Mountain right at the start. Um, so, yeah, the focus is Rock and Roller Coaster. Let us know your opinions. Email us at podcast at magicaldlp.co.uk or message us on Twitter, Facebook, or via our website, magicaldlp.co.uk. Don't forget. People send in the. Uh... The audio clips too, is that same email address? It is the same. So yeah, don't forget you can send us your audio opinions and that's again at podcast at magicaldlp.co.uk. Um, remember, you can record it on your laptop, your PC, your tablet, your smartphone. Send them in. We're going to try and make this our regular um, feature now as well. If you would like what we're doing as well, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. The podcast is nothing without you. So thanks for joining us for episode 16 of the Magical Disneyland Paris podcast. And until next time, it's goodbye from me, Mr. Williamson, and goodbye from... From me, Mr. West. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland Paris has now ended its normal operating day. It is our sincere hope that you've enjoyed your stay and that you will return again soon to visit with us. Please have a safe journey home. Good night.